0: Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of The Collective Podcast. I'm your host Ash Thorpe, and this week we have my friend Marco Neller, who is a concept artist that I've been following for some time now, and we finally got a chance to have a conversation about so many things, from food to authenticity of art, being a freelancer, and the hype behind reaching your artistic goals. This is a packed episode and the first of its kind here on The Collective Podcast, where we have two different episodes that we just merged into one because there's just so much to cover. And Marco and I just had a great time hanging out and talking. So I didn't want to break that up for you guys. So it's going to be one massive episode. So hope you enjoy that. So sit back, relax, and enjoy episode 174 with Marco Neller. Let's roll. Yeah, I mean, we've been... I think we tried to do an episode... Uh, a few years back. I can't remember. Did we try to do one? And then something came up, schedule stuff happened or something. I can't remember something. Yeah. I
1: think, I think we were doing one and then I think it got dropped for whatever reason. And then right after that, I ended up doing uh one with Mache.
0: Ah, yes.
1: So sure. then, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it was literally right in that same week. I don't know, but I, I did, I was looking for my emails to see what time today was. And then the one came up from a couple of years ago and I was
0: like, Oh yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah, well, well, I'm happy we're doing it now. So yeah, yeah. for sure. And and thanks for for um, taking the time out too. I've been following your work for a long time. And it's one of my favorite things to do. You know, freelance now. So you kind of understand it. Um, When you're freelance, and you just work from home, you're somewhat isolated. So it's like a little treat to go like, Oh, you do art cool. All right. So why and what inspires you and get inspired back and forth and then just kind of remind myself why i do what i do and all that kind of stuff so um yeah thanks for being here it's uh it's rad so for sure man thanks for having me you're recently um you're welcome you're recently uh new to freelance or how long you've been doing freelance for um
1: yeah i'm actually quite new to it i mean i've been freelancing um you know like here and there on weekends on small projects and stuff um even while i had my previous jobs but it was always you know when the workload was like was light so i couldn't really call it a legit freelance gig but um as of about two years ago okay i decided to go full freelance and actually you know what i tried it two years ago and i only lasted like a couple of months just because i was really afraid of it and was like oh man the the pressure is so much (laughs) so i went i ran back to the office setting yeah and then i realized that that setting um at least at that particular studio, um, still just wasn't necessarily the right fit. So I'm like, you know, I'll try this freelance thing out again. And I, I did it again and now I'm having no problems with it. Like it seems to be going pretty smoothly.
0: Yeah. That's awesome. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a hard trick, you know, it's like making that jump. That's always seems to be like, uh, the hardest part for everybody is making that jump because you don't know what's on the other side you know and you and it's so hard to to really trust yourself and at the same time there's so many different factors you know to oh am I going to be wanted or you know like there's so many fears that go along with it but once you do um yeah it's definitely it's a definitely unique a unique thing do you enjoy it or is there we'll probably talk about some pitfalls of it too and there's many more things (laughs) we'll talk about too but I I figured since we were already talking about freelance we should maybe just discuss it because I know it's something that people love to hear talk about so
1: yeah I mean I enjoy it it's 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 interesting you know you you mentioned that uh, you know there is that great beyond out there outside of the office space and you kind of wonder like oh man you know it's I don't know if I'm gonna make it or if I'm gonna be okay I still get that every now and then, so I haven't fully mastered that yet because it's, it's tough to leave a spot that you know is going to, you know, always have a paycheck waiting on you and you have health benefits and friends there and, like, all this stuff. It, it can really be a jarring kind of jump, but um, there are other things that come along with, with um, not working at an office space that I am enjoying. Um, I lived in Chicago for, like, five years i think and yeah, as you know it did you like it yeah was? i i liked it there but you know as you know it's 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 so cold and like cold, the winters man. are super cold man so when the summers came i always hated that our companies didn't give us christmas break in the summer instead of in the winter mm-hmm. because you really wish you just had that two weeks to go outside and just like <laughs> do nothing yeah. um But with freelance though, you kind of get the best of both worlds. Like I can be working and then I can go for a jog around the corner, or you know, if I feel like working, you know, if I want to go to the beach, I can say I'm going to work the night shift tonight instead of working during the day. You just have a little bit more flexibility, Hmm.
0: and that's what's cool about it. You're in San Francisco now.
1: Uh, Yeah, I'm in. I actually sort of in between like San Francisco and L.A. I bounce back and forth, Um, and I'm going to be switching over to L.A. here in a second uh, permanently, but. Yeah. Yeah. It's fun. They're not that far from each other on the airplane. So it's just a quick yeah, 30 minute trip.
0: Pretty much. Right. It's like about yeah. 30 or 40 minute, um, flight, which I love. I love taking that flight cause it's so much better than driving it. But the drive is some, sometimes pretty nice too. It depends on the traffic and what time of day, but yeah, San Francisco is really rad. It's a very expensive city and it's changed dramatically, um, over the past like 10 years or so that I've been going. So. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's, a, cool it's a tech though.
1: zone now. Yeah, the, the tech industry has really really changed this place a lot. I mean, yeah. with the housing and stuff. I don't technically live in the city. You're um like I Oakland live
0: in or something.
1: Oh, no man. I it's a gift and a curse. I lucked out cuz I live in this little small town called Belmont, which is on the opposite direction uh, of the bay from Oakland. Okay. And the cool part about it is I I live in a really like fancy schmancy like rich neighborhood on mm. top of a mountain. Except I don't live in the rich houses. I live in an apartment building. Uh, (laughs) So it's like this little hole in the wall, hidden gym where no one knew it was here. But, you know, so the apartment is whatever, but I'm on the mountain. Hmm. So like when I'm working, I'm just looking out over the mountain and like there's all these cool views in San Francisco mountains. We have like some really cool beaches and cliffs and the deer come up to my window and stuff. That's why it's so hard to like leave this place.
0: (laughs) Yeah, yeah, it's, it's, it's like the weather there is really interesting there too. Like the way the fog rolls in and just how green it is. And it gets cold but at the same time. It's not like too cold, like Chicago or Chicago is just like, no, no thanks. I'm just going to stay inside. Yeah. I I just passed through there. One of my family members lives there and I I had a layover there and it was like, I I know they have really great food. I was only there for a little bit. I wanted to go and try out some food there because I know they got some good stuff, but yeah, it's it's just a different way of living. But San Francisco is really cool. I like to go up there and visit. It's just, I feel like it's one of the most European cities in the states, um, and it's like very culturally diverse, but at the same time, like has uh, some of that old kind of uh, country feel, that old. Um, city like feel to it. It's kind of just aged and has a great patina to it. Whereas LA it's a little old, but it f- feels so young, you know, and I live in San Diego, which yeah. feels ultimate ultimately young. So it's like seven <laughs> and stucco everywhere. So <laughs> I would been getting into photography is um, again, and I go out and take photos and and I have friends that live in like New York and they'll go out and take photos. I'm like, man, like the patina of that city is so much better. Whereas I have like, I don't know, just like a Taco Bell. <laughs> I guess I just have to embrace the, the Taco Bell Seven Eleven 11 esque Feel of San Diego and perfect, no, perfect sunsets. <laughs> no, I know, never. I don't like that stuff personally. You
1: cannot like, embrace Taco yeah, Bell. Yeah, no. <laughs> you know, that's the interesting thing, though, about like the the difference between uh, San Francisco and Chicago. A lot of people don't know this, but Chicago is the exact same way. It feels very European, but very, very cultured at the same time. Yeah. Uh, I would actually say one of the most culturally diverse. Like that's what you go to Chicago for. It was it was Chicago. Like the food there, what was amazing and yeah. it's because we had so many different people and like culinary like chefs and stuff would flock to Chicago and just cook up a storm and you know I Chicago was cool for me at least because um it's the only place where you could walk out of your house walk to the north corner of your house mm-hmm. and be at like a I don't know like a tasting um like a tasting parade where you can taste everything and then right across the way in the other way same neighborhood they're having like brazil night where there's like all this brazilian food and i mean it's just literally every aspect of culture oh dude it was crazy it was crazy man
0: that's when you really get the best food though is like when cultures um combine and you get these like hybrids and stuff you know and that's where I I noticed that you like to travel a lot. We'll talk about that in a bit, but that's one of my favorite things about traveling is, is experiencing different foods. But I love that about, that's probably the only reason I would ever consider living in a city. I'm more of like, I like to live out in the the woods or like away from people. (laughs) I I like my quiet solitude, but um, the the part of cities is just the food and the culture and the vibrancy of it. But um, yeah, Chicago, I just watched this really interesting documentary called 42 grams on Netflix. Have you seen it yet?
1: No, I haven't, but it's on my list to watch actually.
0: What's that about? Uh, It's about a husband and wife um, and 42 grams. The name of the restaurant comes from, um, I guess it's like there's 21 grams to the soul. I guess that's what's said to, you know, your soul weighs 21 grams. So Mm, the two two of them combined is 42. Um, But it's, it's really good. Um it's really like it got me teared up and it was like I've been recommending it to all my friends and it's it was a uh, it has some really interesting moments but um there's a lot of the, the the main chef it's it's about this chef basically and his wife and his obsession with making cuisine and and making amazing an amazing culinary experience but the way that it kind of like kind of destroys him and everything around him and stuff is kind of interesting so i don't want to spoil it but it's really good though yeah so
1: that that takes place in chicago
0: that's correct yeah he like, yeah okay he, wow. he took over like some like junky like um abandoned like chicken restaurant or something and then turned it into this like incredible i won't spoil it again but like this incredible award-winning like restaurant that's just like one table and it's just this thing you know so which is really, uh, it's cool. like, to me, it's really cool because, um, I feel that music or, um, cooking or drawing or whatever, it's all an art form and in, in some kind of capacity. And it's, it's all very um, relative. And I think that if you're a passionate creative, when you watch this film, you're going to be like, wow, this is, this is, this guy's really similar to me. You know, <laughs> there's these attributes that this guy contains that is really similar. So, um yeah and that's what i find so it's good yeah
1: you sold me on it man i'm gonna have to get in there and watch that
0: yeah i think you'll enjoy it let me know what you think of it because i think you i think you'll dig it it's, i i really enjoyed it and i've been recommending it to everybody I, I love when netflix does that the last one i saw that i really loved in regards to food was obviously chef's table i don't know if you i like I, oh I man watch i watch that all the time dude okay good. <laughs> yeah i tend to watch a lot of food stuff because i find it it's like art hasn't been represented properly yet. Like this, I saw that arb- the abstract one and I think it's pretty good, but it hasn't like, I don't think like, let's say somebody were to document you and your process and your day to day routines and your ups and downs and stuff. Like I don't think I've seen that really well as d- as well done as cooking. And I think the difference is, is just like the way the outcome is, you know, it's like, right. cause it's so subjective. Whereas like food is somewhat subjective, but you know, like bacon's pretty much always good you know so it's yeah like, maybe you know like, they did I don't know they
1: did do one that um was with photography and I can't think of what it's called to save my life now oh
0: yes uh, the light or something like that uh, yeah some tales of light that's, that's of what light. it is yeah I, I oh man true. that
1: was just phenomenal
0: was it good I, I tried to watch some of it and then I I don't know I like I like fell asleep or something and then I got <laughs> super busy and that happened sometimes to me so I just kind of we've totally lost it. But if you're, if you're, if you're praising, I got to watch it then. Cause I I think,
1: I think the thing is, is that with cooking shows, you can, um, You can watch those while you're working, which is really big for artists. Like there are certain movies and shows that I can watch while I'm working Uh, because with cooking shows, you're listening to um, them talk about it and the way they talk about it just kind of reminds you of things that you've tasted and like (laughs) smells and sights and stuff. And then you hear it. That's a really big aspect of it. Like they throw butter in the pot and it's like, (laughs) and it just reminds you of all this stuff. That's the only thing with Tales of Light is you can't watch it while you're doing any kind of work. And I think that may
0: be. That's probably why. Cause I have a hard time with that. If I have to sit and watch it, it's usually at like three or four in the morning when I'm completely spent. And then I'm laying in bed, like half asleep watching it. And then I just go to sleep, you know? So, (laughs) but no, you're right. Because like with cooking shows, it, it is more of a casual endeavor. Whereas even like the 42 grams, it's like, you could, you could, potentially just listen to it you know and experience it through that it helps to look back over at it from time to time and and that's true i don't know if you're the same way as i am where and i work as long as i'm not doing deep intensive stuff i often have like a movie or netflix streaming or something you know just to go to yeah. get my brain kind of vibing and just like learning something new or just getting interested in stuff um the last one I saw that I really liked too was, uh, somebody feed Phil or I'll have what Phil's having. He has two shows, but they're on Netflix too. And it's kind of like, I don't know if you've seen it, but he's like more of like a, a happy version of Anthony Bourdain. <laughs> <laughs> cause Anthony Bourdain is great, but he's somewhat cynical, you know? Yeah. So, yeah. but he's, but he keeps it real, but it's his own style, you know? So, but yeah, it's, it's really good. I'd suggest that one cause it's another like fun, like it makes you feel good, <laughs> you know, about eating and just life in general. Cause he's just, he's, he he created uh, Everybody Loves Raymond, that show. Right. So he's, and he's just like, yeah, he's like an uber nice guy. So,
1: you know, it's funny that you even get into that too, not to derail the topic here, but that's one thing that freelance is sort of letting me also start to love again. Mm. Um, I watch those cooking shows, and like right now, I'm watching um, what's the guy's name who like was super pissed at everybody all the time in the kitchen. He did Hell's Kitchen and all of the other like Gordon Ramsay. (laughs) Gordon Ramsay, dude. I've been watching his like he has these awesome little videos that are on YouTube where he's just teaching people how to cook. Oh really? Yeah. So like you know, I know. Well, I don't know the actual name of it, but I know that you can find a couple of them. Um, he's, it's almost as though he set it up for people who he knows only have a little bit of time. Mm-hmm. So like if you Google Gordon Ramsay, five best chicken recipes, he's taken all of his like he, – he has like these – he'll do like five recipes basically. And he does them all in like two minutes, but he explains them really well. He gives you every like thing that like makes you – uh, prepared better as if it was prepared at a restaurant. Hmm. Like he gives these little tips, like, you know, first you want to actually take the fish out of the oven and sprinkle salt or take out of the refrigerator, sprinkle salt on it, then put it back in the refrigerator for 20 minutes because it firms the meat up, like just all these little tips. So I've been doing all of this painting, but I've also been doing a ton of cooking. (laughs) That's (laughs) Yeah. I mean, there's, you know, you don't want to run out to like, Restaurants and everything, and there's no cafeteria anymore. So you kind of got to get back to that. It's really good.
0: It's that's been really awesome. good. That's really good. I, and I know that you you're big into your health because you're you're a big guy. So we'll talk about that too. But that's really great because I, I grew up. My mom was a chef, and she taught me how to cook, and, and I've been doing that with my daughter too, and trying to show her the importance of cooking, and not only the importance, but just the joy of it and the the pure art form. You know, it's so funny. I was teaching my wife how to cook too, and early on, she'd be like, "Oh, well." Well, don't you follow the ingredients? I'm like, no, you just kind of taste and you smell and you go with what your ingredients are telling you. And I'm like, I realized that that just came with years of me cooking, you know, like, but yeah. I, I love cooking though. And I, I just found the Gordon Ramsay stuff. I'm definitely watching this. I'm such a food porn addict, man. It's just crazy.
1: <laughs> Dude, I think you'll find these really useful because you sound like me. Like I come from a whole family of chefs, like my granddad. I'm from Louisiana originally. Oh, okay, yeah. So we do a lot of Southern cooking down there. Oh, and man. I know my way around the kitchen, but there's just certain things that butter. you uh, pick up. Oh yeah. Butter MSG. <laughs> 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 there's certain things that you pick up that, um, you know, I can cook Louisiana-style food really well. Mm. Um, it's just certain flavors, like you said, you just go with it. But I learned that as I'm always just going with it, no matter what, my food always ends up tasting like spicy Louisiana food, just because that's what <laughs> like I knew. So yeah. exactly. So I, I mean, I know how to make that stuff from scratch. <laughs> sure, sure. Um, but you know, learning from this guy, though, learning these different restaurant tips, it really, it sort of shows you what's a bad habit that you've picked up. Mm. Like I I cook well, but I had a couple bad habits and you yeah. won't taste them or anything, but it causes the food to always taste the same. So, sure. you know, if I want to eat healthy and I want to continue eating healthy, I have to actually learn somebody else's way. It's cool. Sure. It's been cool.
0: Which is awesome. And And that's, what's important about like learning in general is accepting the fact that you don't know it all and that there are, you know, different ways and techniques to learning new things and stuff, which is great. And that's funny about Gordon Ramsay because, like, yeah, we, we watch, uh, like, um, he does these other shows as a family. We end up watching his – because they're so entertaining. They're just such like, – they're just so – he's such a celebrity, such a um, a powerhouse guy and so unique. Um, but, yeah, it's funny, like, how they, they dramatize. They dra- uh, dramatize I guess Dramatize I right Yeah they dramatize food You know it's like There's this one show That we watch with him It's called like It's not I can't get with The Hell's Kitchen Because it's really annoying And it just yeah. Too much drama It's like one yeah. of those Reality shows I just can't get into But there's this like Master Chef, I think it's called and Yes there, Did you watch that one Where the woman Was like partially blind And she won It was like wow Like it got us all Emotional as a family Like this is so rad You know but it Just how how much they uh, um They really push um, you know, that drama st- style. And it makes me think like, maybe I could go and do that. <laughs> you know, I well, think they, the know trick, to, you know? they know how to, so, they know how
1: to cook up a good drama, man. I think it's yeah, all it's, related. It's editing,
0: like editing and music, they push it hard, you know, so it's total agenda television. So, <laughs> but it's entertaining yeah. though, which is, it's just always fun. And I really enjoy that, but that's cool that you see that, that connection. You should, te- you should definitely check out, um, somebody feed phil he actually goes to nola too so you'll probably like he's got he goes and gets like the you know the the rice and the beans and all that kind of Uh, stuff and like the um crawfish and the beignets and all that stuff i was there uh, yeah during the production of ender's game i was there for like a week and i swear i gained like freaking 40 pounds there man (laughs) it's all southern comfort food man (laughs) it's like take a nap man like this stuff is just gonna just sticks to you you know like you you can't leave nola once you go there it sticks to you you know so you got to be really cautious did you try the beignets oh yeah yeah the the vietnamese (laughs) ones i think they are yeah yeah, those things are amazing yeah it was it's a really interesting town like it felt like disneyland in a weird way there's there's definitely like this cultural and racial like conflict it's weird for me because in san diego there's it's just kind of like people are like whatever like i don't care <laughs> you know like well, who cares what your color of your skin is we don't care at least i don't and, and and down there i felt like there was a definitely there was like a tension and a vibe that i got i don't know if that's real or what i don't know if it's a, still a i'll tell thing. you what
1: <laughs> <laughs> if you felt it
0: yeah then it's you just imagine like, what i like. feel <laughs> sure sure right because like i remember like I was walking on the street and for me, I'm just I'm I'm when I travel, I walk a lot, you know, and I walk and I and I experience things. I meet people. I I'll eat by myself so I can sit next to people and ask them about their, their town and stuff. I just love it. And like I was passing by a couple clubs and it was like I was the only white guy there. And then and then they were all looking at me weird and I was like, Whoa, I don't like this is weird. Like, is this am I not allowed to be here? I it's like what if I went in here and just started breakdancing or something, you know, like would I be accepted or would I be hated on, you know?
1: You so, would be accepted.
0: <laughs> okay, that's cool. Like yeah, I like see that, okay. You know?
1: so so, to not make it too political or whatever sure, or sure, you sure. know, anything like that. I'm from the South. Like I'm I'm from down there and I know let's let's put it this way. The tension down there is so bad that I don't ever think that I'll ever actually move back to the South, which is oh, wow. painful because my family lives there, mm. and every time I go back, having lived elsewhere, see they they don't they haven't like moved around a lot, I guess. Yeah. So I think they don't experience the different types of acceptances that I've learned to or become accustomed to everywhere sure. else. Yeah. Because in the South, you know, there's or at least deep Louisiana for sure. There's just certain things that'll just kind of never change. Mm. Um. But one of those things is that if they were looking at you weird, they're probably like, "Is this, is he gonna like do something?" But oh, I guarantee you, had you if you'd have gone in there and like actually danced it you would feel the most welcoming like what well, look at this crazy dude like
0: <laughs> it would be the most welcoming you vibe
1: went in
0: there you a cut a rug on there man <laughs>
1: well it's interesting because like i said i used to also go to those clubs and if i mean it's not like it's never happened before anytime like uh, a person who wasn't black came in like there's always the look first yeah. and then it's like Come on, have fun. And then you have fun and it's like, holy crap, this dude is awesome. We had this guy who would always I mean, he was like our champion. He would he was like eighty-six and he had a cowboy hat and we just called him cowboy. And he <laughs> would always come in and he had this cane and he'd put the cane on the ground and he would just do this like old school cowboy dance. And we loved him. We'd buy him drinks, we'd oh, hug man. him all the time. It was That's just crazy. So bad.
0: That's super rad. That's great to hear. You know, like, I and that's just one thing I felt was really interesting, you know, like experiencing that diversity was really, for me, kind of eye opening. I mean, I, I, there's a, I grew up in Hawaii and in Hawaii is actually kind of interesting growing up there because, uh, you're called like Holly, if you're white, that's what you're called. Mm-hmm. And you're kind of like, as a minor, you're in a, you're a minority out there actually. So it's like, I experienced what it was like on the opposite side. So growing up, I was like, well, you know, being racist is whack, you know, it's just not right it doesn't it's not good to be um judged by your by your the color of your skin and at the same time it just sucks you know so like yeah how can experience that growing up is probably a real hard lesson growing up but at the same time a great one that i was very fortunate to experience so when i'm when i go out and I travel and it's it's interesting that you bring that up because i definitely felt it and i was like wow like what a weird thing you know like it's definitely um it's just kind of a bummer, you know, but at the same time, like I could, I guess I could see it, you know, and there's like these little micro cultures that exist in these little like, you know, these little kind of, um, pockets of culture, you know, and, and the thing about it is for the most part, most people just want to be loved and understood. And most people don't intentionally, I think have bad intentions, but this just bad programming, you know? So or yeah. it's like, you know, ancient programming. So. Um, but you know, it's like, I can't, I can't really judge. I can't say that the way I do things is right. Cause that would just be just as wrong as anybody else. So, but you know, it, it's, and it's
1: interesting, groups. it's interesting that you even said that about Hawaii too, because I know exactly what you mean. I actually live in Oahu for like a summer oh, okay. and, uh, yes, yeah, yes. I, I lived, my friend lived out there too, my friend, Mike, and it was, he was a white guy and he he was like, man, it's, I don't get it, man. It's like, they hate me. Oh yeah,
0: They hate you. Yeah, They don't like it. They don't like. Yeah, he got people. he got no, bullied no, he a lot. Not. He got and not he's like a
1: split yeah. seven guy too. Yeah. got they just bullied him. They didn't care. Man, they're like, hey, uh, bro.
0: <laughs> yeah. No, I would get you know and they're yeah I was I'm I'm six two I'm not a small guy you know and especially when I was a NOLA I was I, I have a shaved head because I I just I always cut my hair like shave it and so mm-hmm. that was probably another thing I just. Oh, that's something. what it was. <laughs> yeah, I'm just, I don't look like a normal guy. You know, I have tattoos. Well, see, all over and
1: seven. you know, you know what it is is that the that's what it is. If you know now that you said that, I, I get why the stares would have happened because typically what happens is the division is so tough down there and it's so thick that if you're looking that part and you're wearing the skin the skinned head and you have <laughs> a lot of tattoos, like the first thing that they're going to think is like, "Oh crap, what's like what's he going to do? Is he going to come in here and like, you know, start some crazy stuff?" There is a definitely like thick fear there, but that's also though why I like to travel so much. Like you yeah. mentioned, that. traveling's great. It is, man, and it's, I think. You know, I know traveling is cool, hmm. but I think traveling in in my skin can be cooler. <laughs> oh, yeah. Only because, like, you know, I'm a six one like well, big, you're a big guy though. Big Guy, right? So I've had some crazy experiences, not in a bad way. Just you know, going to other cultures, like when I went to Bali, hmm. it was the coolest thing because it's like they, the people of that entire city that I was in had almost I'm almost sure I mean they told me had literally never seen a black guy so I was walking like (laughs) Anthony Jones and like we're just walking down the street and (laughs) it was like people would be with us they'd be like are, are, who are they looking at? Like, like everyone on the whole street would stop what they were doing and just watch us walk down the street. And it was just crazy. And I saw this one other black guy when I was there and he ran up and he hugged me. And he's like, <laughs> Unicorn. I, haven't a, I haven't seen a black person in 15 years, man. And funniest thing about that. Ended up coming out here and working for this company. And our HR lady was from Croatia. And mm-hmm. I was like, hey, you know, I've been to Croatia. And she's like, oh, did you see our black guy? Like, <laughs> the HR lady said that. Yeah, she was from Zagreb too, but she knows. I guess she said, "She said, yeah, we only have one in the whole city. If, if you saw one, you probably saw him." Wow. And I was like, "Wow, that's crazy! I'm all the way across the world." Unicorn. And, uh, yeah, craziness, man. <laughs> yeah. Crazy.
0: yeah, I mean, I guess that's that's what's good though. Is like you just embrace it, you know, and like you have to because it's just kind of part of it, you know, um and then just. I don't know. It's it, it like, it's something I always constantly think about. It's like, how do you deal with that? And then how do you embrace it? And at the same time for me, it's like, um, that's one thing I love about art, you know, and the way that the internet works too. And there's the internet all obviously has some bad parts to it, but at the same time it has some great things, but like you could remove all of that shit, you know, mm-hmm. like, you don't remove your, your gender, your race, all that stuff. It doesn't matter. And the, the art is what rises to the surface. And that's, to me, that's the beauty of what the Internet gives us as an art community and it also what it gives us just as a community of humanity, you know. Um, but then, you know, you have all the, the asshats on there that are just complete dipshits and they're <laughs> ruining it for everybody else. The normal people, you know. Um, but- yeah. No, that's rad. And traveling is really cool. I, I can't wait to talk to you a bit about more of uh, your traveling and, and how often do you do it and I guess we could just talk about it because I mean traveling Yeah. Is sure. Why so not? Pretty. We're here. Yeah. So, where's the last place you've been, um and recently, and do you tr- do you try to make a effort to travel once or twice a year?
1: Um, so a and I have this interesting relationship. of a little about out, outside of the U.S. Mm-hmm. Um. I I still consider myself a traveler, even though I haven't gone to a lot of places. I think the last three or four years have been uh, really cool because I went to like six places all at once or in the same like two years, basically. Mm -hmm. Um, The last place I think I went um, actually may have been when I was in uh croatia i think maybe two years ago and then i had something happen with my back uh developed the case of sciatica unfortunately and yeah it's healed now squats (laughs) no it was you know what it's sitting at those dargon desks man like they dude it's really interesting but i think this is the first what maybe 10 or so years since cintiqs have been out and they haven't really done studies on the effects of these things, but sitting down at those desks, you know, when they say get a standing desk and everything, make sure you stand up, I used to just kind of say, ah, whatever, but now I won't work unless it's a standing desk because that's what developed my sciatica was sitting in the same spot for, Eight hours a day, then going home and sitting in in another chair for another four hours a day to six hours a day doing freelance. (laughs) I've been sitting down for almost 20 years now and (laughs) not 20, like maybe 12, I think. But uh, I've been sitting. So it feels like 20. My body thinks it's 20. I I had to kind of stop traveling for a bit. But um, so I went to Croatia for a workshop. Um, Before that, I went to Bali, Indonesia. Crazy place. Amazing, amazing place. Uh, Really educating too because the price conversion there is so crazy you can live there for like i think four thousand american dollars a year you can actually have Uh, almost like a mansion in bali it's insane yeah
0: (laughs) oh i'm moving there tomorrow yeah oh man it's
1: (laughs) apparently there's a lot of concept artists there because when i went there my friend Alejandro was telling me that there's lots of concept artists that just fly there and they sell their american stuff and they well, actually i think you can still probably have both um but yeah you just get a house built and it's it's beautiful man you walk outside pick a mango off the tree and just uh, yeah just chill man it's just chill magical place With that good um, life. yeah before that uh, i got down i was lucky enough to be invited down to bogota colombia to give a speech or two um and that was crazy yeah (laughs) it's one of those places
0: are they still in civil unrest too
1: i have no idea i did not look back because when i went there man that's that's one of the bad places that i went when i you know again look look like i look Uh, i went there and actually spent six hours in uh being detained actually uh yeah i got off the plane and i'm an artist i wear all black with yeah. a couple of like gold rings or whatever. And I got off the plane and the um, they were like, all right, where are you going? And I was like, okay, here's my information of where I'm supposed to be going. And they're like, what do you do? I'm like, I'm an artist. And <laughs> I'm six foot one. The average height there is like five, eight. <laughs> and everyone was like looking at me like, you're a what? I was like, I'm an artist. They're yeah. like, no, you're not. Uh, where where's the, the the number of the person you're calling? I'm like I don't have his number. I talked to him on Skype. You know, like come with us. They just locked me in this room for six hours. Jeez. It just it just so happened that someone walked by who had a I don't know was broadcasting a Wi-Fi and I caught Wi-Fi on my phone and reached out to the instructor on Facebook and was like, dude, I'm stuck and I'm detained. And <laughs> oh my they God. came and they got me out. And he was like in tears. He was like, Aww. I'm so sorry. This was so bad. I'm so sorry i wasn't not mad or anything of course not, uh, it's not his fault. I, was, I was sleepy mostly but yeah. that's just one of those yeah you, seeing the world is crazy man it um but crazy. inside of the u.s i travel a tremendous amount i've actually yeah. Road I've trips been every, flying. um so interesting fact <laughs> <laughs> i've been to every state in the u.s a minimum of two times oh damn because when i was in college uh, I traveled with the football team, although I wasn't a football player. I was actually a cheerleader in college. Okay. So for five years, I traveled with the football team and basketball team, male and female. So every weekend of the year, I was traveling on a plane to like a different city for anywhere from like two days to three weeks
0: ah interesting so that's kind of an interesting way to see the states though i mean our um our country is huge it's massive it is it's it is massive, and you massive, massive if you
1: country. see it on tv you just think that it's just grass with a couple of mountains but no no no,
0: no. there are huge. some places here that are so beautiful that Incredible. you just look
1: at them and you're like wow this is yeah.
0: amazing i'm planning a i'm trying to plan a trip to go up to south dakota and uh yeah, I, I just want to go up there. I've been watching a lot of, like, ga- um, dances with wolves and stuff. And it's <laughs> like, man, I got to go and see that nature, man. I got to go up there and see, like, you know, the, the middle, northern middle of our country and just kind of experience some of that, some Montana action and just see all that madness because it's just, yeah, the uh, United States is huge. It's massive. What's your favorite state? You gotta, Um, whew, That's a tough one, man. A, that's... You, uh, top three, then. Top three. <sighs> or top three. If if somebody's listening to this from another country, what's the top three that you would suggest going, and why?
1: Well, so, interesting story. People always ask, I'm coming to the U.S., I'm coming to the U.S., I think I'm gonna go to New York. As interesting as it sounds, I actually always tell them if they have one place to go, not go to New York and not go to L.A., because that seems to be the two places that everybody wants to go. But I actually tell people that if they wanna go somewhere in the U.S., the first place I tell them to ever stop is Chicago. Ooh, okay, nice. Yeah, and you know, of course, Down the winter, violence though. question. Uh, in the winter too, man. In the yeah. winter too, All the right. winter's actually beautiful there because mm. the way that they set the city up, it's not set up like a city like Texas that gets cold sometimes and they don't know how to handle it, so it's a, <laughs> a really harsh cold. Yeah. Chicago in the winter, it's cold, but it's 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 just different, like they they even heat the buildings differently. Like all of the buildings don't have traditional heaters. They have this like steam system that blows uh, this heat steam into your house at a rate where it's, you know, comfortable. So from the minute you walk in the house, you just... You're like heated up with water. It's like a moist kind of heat. Ah. It's just cozy. It's super, super cozy. Uh, mm-hmm. The food there has adapted to it. It's all of this like thick, rich, uh, comfort food that's, you know, it's macaroni and cheese with all kinds of meat in there. It's like a huge dish there and tater tots. Like it's, it's just <laughs> this warm place. Um, sure. So in the summertime, since people have been locked up in the winter for seven months, the summertime really explodes there. That's why you get all the festivals and stuff. That sure. um,
0: Montreal does the, the same thing, I think. From they're telling me I was there recently. Yeah,
1: yeah, they're in Toronto. I think those places just kind of know what it's what it's like to be locked up all year, so they come out and they <laughs> just. Up. Oh, man, it's crazy. So, yeah, the winters are really good. I think Chicago is one of the top 10 places in the U.S. to fall in love in the wintertime. If you're into that kind of thing, Uh, just because you can go ice skating and stop and have a hot chocolate or the the transit is really good there. You can go from place to place very easily. You can be uh, you can be anywhere in Chicago. In like ten minutes because their train system is so good. Hmm, uh, so awesome. great food, How's really, crime, really nice people.
0: Good? Is that crime crazy? Bad areas, good areas. So that's There's, the every reason. City has that, right?
1: Well, Chicago, I think is I think it's known right now for being the most violent place in the U.S. Wow, really? But I, I tried it. News, I don't know. Oh yeah, man, Chirac is like a thing. Like Chirac, I think they. Wow. We celebrated when I lived in Chicago. We celebrated our first year. In 42 years that someone did not die from a gunshot wound Ah. in in one night, which means for 40 years, there's never been a night where at least 30 people did not get shot. What? But it's, it's, it's the, it's really interesting. Why is that? There's there's the the violence. Well, it's like the way the city is set up. The violence has been pushed all the way down into this super bubble of violence that we call the South side, Mm. which actually, you'll never touch the south side. Like if you're a tourist, you'd never see it. It's been like gentrified and and pushed down so far that you actually have to like cross the river and go really out of your way to get to this area. And then of course, once you're there, I mean, it's a war zone, man. I took a wrong turn one time coming from a road trip and just ended up down there. And I was like, what is this? Is this Mardi Gras? There's people everywhere. And <laughs> it was just literally violence in the street. It looked like that scene from, uh, I think, what? What's someone with Wesley Snipes? Demolition Man. Yeah. Look like that scene from Demolition Man when they wow. were down underground and there's just people
0: everywhere in the street. Man, it was insane. The streets are like all dirt and stuff, huh? not paved. Because you have that. In oh yeah. I got lost in Compton one time and I was like, uh, yeah, this is no good. Yeah.
1: <laughs> the authorities and the government. That's that's an area that they've just forgotten about. They. I mean, and it's so bad. You. What? what are they going to do? Short of like going in there with tanks and stuff. There's nothing you can do. Uh. But wow. outside of that. It's almost like you'll never see any
0: crime happen. It's wow. a beautiful place. So in the city it's, itself, it's 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 um, just like really beautiful.
1: Yeah, really beautiful. And and it's it's one of those places that has a city, but also has like little satellite neighborhoods around the city. So hmm. the whole the, the whole place is great, except for just like the south side. Hmm. But I mean, I tell people um, like New York, I feel like you never see a baby carriage in in the city, and I think that that's like the the measure of how homey a place can be because in Chicago whether you're downtown whether you're in the main city no matter where you're at there's like people walking with lattes and baby carriages like it's totally a safe place to be that hmm. uh, that sounds really weird to say that it's no, consider- a good
0: way that's you're right that's a good tell if somebody's willing to take their kid out you know like then that means it's safe enough for families to exist you know and th- and thrive and and to b- develop their own family together um out there in that those conditions Yeah, you know. yeah that's uh Okay. Well, Chicago's one. Cause uh, I got to yeah. go back. My aunt lives there. So I got to, she loves it. She's been there for like, she used to live in Boston and I, and I love Boston too. So she's, she lived in Boston for a while and I lived there too, but um, she moved over to Chicago and she hasn't left since. And I asked her, she's like, no, I'm just going to stay here. I'm like, okay, awesome. Cool. When I was flying yeah, over it, too, it's all I- gritted out too. It's all like, it's all, um, it's not like kind of crazy, like a European town, like all disparatic. It's all gritted out. Like looks like mathematics it's just like almost mm-hmm. like a circuit board you know so it's very organized seeming
1: yeah do you do any biking by any chance or are you like a yeah. cyclist yeah, See? Cycling, yeah. yeah. If you're a cyclist i think chicago like i know san francisco is known for being great for cyclists but yeah. Yeah. i think chicago beats it man we have oh, okay. so many i i didn't i had a car and i never even used it unless it was the winter time because it's just so nice to i mean you can even leave at 9 p.m and just bike to the bar and it's the most refreshing like lake effect wind is blowing in your face and it's beautiful and it smells good it's cuz San Francisco is really stinky. Uh but <laughs> yeah. Chicago just smells good. It okay. either smells like fresh trees, the the Great Lakes or food of some sort and it's just a, it's it's a great place to be. So Chicago's one. Yeah. Um then of course, you know if they're looking for somewhere else, I would say yeah, check out um actually i'd say san francisco is number two nice. i would okay and I've, right. I've been a lot of
0: places and but why why san francisco
1: uh because in chicago the people i would say are nicer in their way it's <laughs> yeah. the midwest yeah. it's it feels so bad to be like people other places are mean no like it's the midwest they have that midwest hospitality that people have it's just a really homey place everyone is like you know, included in everything. I go places and you're instantly like a regular at the bar or wherever that you go. Like, it's really nice. San Francisco people can be, it's a San Francisco. It's, it's so hard to explain because, um, I think it's like, you know, it's the Bay. So the the Bay is pretty much this area that's mostly surrounded by water. And there's, it's like a bowl of people that have all been here for a long time and they have developed their own sense of humor and their own way of being. And it's, they're also nice. They're just nice in a different kind of way, but where you miss the hospitality, you make up in scenery and views. So San Francisco is one of the few places that you can go and be like in a natural forest preserve just riding on the interstate like i take this interstate called 280 um you can see i don't know cliffs with like water brushing up to the cliffs Uh, I live near this place called Half Moon Bay Mm, I can literally drive yeah you go back there and just whale watch (laughs) there's whales that that are in the water right next to you and you know that's outside the city that's before you even get to the city and when you're in the city there's these beautiful views you know you ride up these streets that are so steep that they have mirrors on the top of the street so you can see over the hill on the other side I mean we're talking like a 40 degree (laughs) angle (laughs) straight up and then you're on top of the city uh the building's nice the architecture is nice so definitely san francisco number two reason why i didn't throw la in there is because it can be kind of hard yeah well i mean it can be hard to get places you know anywhere you go you're going to be in your car
0: for 40 minutes it sucks i hate that part of it it's got man la has some amazing pockets like rad little spots but it's never been a city that I've ever really like been super stoked on personally. The people are weird, man. They're weird. Yeah. They're, we- they're weirdos, dude. <laughs> they're not even human. They're just weird. And the yeah, it doesn't. I don't know. I just never. There, there's some places that I love there, that of course, but it's just yeah.
1: Yeah. I mean, they've developed their own language, too, but their language like you go to L.A. for for work, like that's it. You're going there to build connections. You're you're going there to uh, strengthen connections or or get put on different properties and, you know, show your face. It's almost like it's it's like the the new New York in some kind of way where it's like, if you can make it here, you can make it anywhere. (laughs) But that's 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 actually kind of like. LA. It's funny. That's the first place where I met um, Shadi Sadafi or hmm. Shadi S- Sadafi. I always I butcher his name Shady all the time. Shadi or
0: something? Yeah. Shady yeah.
1: Shady. I, that's where I first met him and him and Eitan um, Zana. Yeah. yeah. Um, I those met both of those it. guys and it was the first. Oh, they're so cool. They're always so welcoming whenever I go out there, but uh, they're the first time when I've actually come in contact with like the LA vibe. Uh, I remember looking <laughs> at Eitan's, uh work on his iPad like a long time ago when I first met him. And as you guys all know, he's fucking amazing. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but he was a super young guy and he showed me his work and I'm like, Yo, let me see your work and he's like, Ah, oh, you don't wanna see this stuff. And I'm like, Yeah, I do it. He's like, All right, here you go. And he's look he's like flipping through all of his incredible work at like a super fast speed and he's like crap, crap, crap. This one's crap. You don't want to see that. Terrible. And at first I was like, what is that? And my friend was like, oh, that's LA, bro. (laughs) (laughs)
0: Yeah, man. Yeah. It's a different, it's just a different um, flow. I I live, I live two hours away. I, that's about as close as I can get to it. (laughs) Mm -hmm. I I live close enough to go for meetings if necessary, but I live away and far enough to just be on my own thing, you know? So, but yeah, it's definitely, um, there's amazing food there too. There's a, there's, there's a huge thriving um, food thing going on there. I just wish They would just, like, the same problem I have with San Diego is I just wish there would be this, like, they would develop more of the pockets, you know? Like, some of the pockets would develop more... And get some, you know, like, what am I, I'm, I'm just complaining. I'm not contributing at all. I'm, just, I'm just stating the obvious, you know? And it's like, yeah, I'm saying this, but like, a, you know, like we have like in San Diego, we have like Hillcrest, which is like known for like the, the gay part of the town. But those are usually my favorites because like they have the best food and they're the most ultra clean, you know? So like we have like <laughs> e- epic food there in Hillcrest. Anybody that is in San Diego I, I knows what I'm talking about. So, and, but, um. I mean, I don't know. You get a good, nice mix, but like, that's the same. I think the same. That's my biggest problem with LA, is it's just so massive so big and it's just
1: you know and i I think what what the problem is is that they they treat their neighborhoods exactly how they sort of uh you know they have that show busy kind of vibe like i said you know it's like crap crap next thing next thing oh that's so last week so i think they start developing (laughs) their neighborhoods and then right when they start developing people are over them so they don't ever push the full development you just will have these little pockets of like a really awesome vegan restaurant or something and then next to it there's just like nothing
0: yeah there's a Seven Eleven. that's what's next to it <laughs> <laughs> that's the real that's the real deal okay so you're saying chicago san francisco and then you got a number three what else we? what else you got there
1: uh denver, denver. actually
0: denver i love denver man denver is yeah. awesome and their people are great and it's such an accepting yep. city like accepting city and state of like you know like uh, it's cool like they've embraced the whole weed thing it's just like they get it they they're not they're just they're not living in the past here you know like they understand yeah. it
1: um yeah, yeah, they're definitely their own type of innovation. Um I, I think when I went there, I don't know if it's even still there. I went there so long ago, but I actually liked the way they had their city set up. Like it wasn't a huge city, but it was cool. They have these stairs that like go all over the downtown area that you you know, you might just be walking up some random stairs and they put art on the front parts of all the steps mm. so that when you're standing in front of the stairs, it looks like you're looking at a photo until you walk at it and then you're walking up this photo. And then yep. outside of that it's like they're one of the only places that I've seen that have like a city and then a city under the city. They had Mm -hmm. like this, uh, I was at this mall and the sidewalk was, I don't know, some parts of it I think it was either great or glass or something. I think it was glass actually. You can look down and see below you and there's like a mall down below you and there's people in it and they're shopping and stuff. And Mm -hmm. that to me is just really ingenious. Um, Montreal. I I love Denver.
0: Uh, Montreal is a huge, you should check it out. It's like five stories, huge underground shopping thing. Have you been to Montreal?
1: Yeah, I have actually. Yeah. But when I went there, it was it was a rainy snowstorm. Oh. I do remember going to Montreal and the That's first weird. thing that I do remember seeing was the first thought I had was I think the young people here – eat all of the old people so that they can be gorgeous like that's what I thought because everyone on the street was like a model male and female and and there were no old people and I'm like how does this happen
0: (laughs) I didn't see that when I was there but I I saw some attractive people that's for sure but yeah I know it's um they have a crazy underground mall there too which is kind of cool and it's it's just like a yeah, it's a it's a cool town. I enjoyed it when I was there just briefly, but it was it was definitely it had that interesting. What thing did you
1: there. go there for, by the way? You weren't there for a workshop, were you? Uh,
0: I went. No, that's was kind of talk about his workshops, and how awesome they are. But and I went to. I was. I'm working uh, on a project with the game studio, and it's like a just went up there and met with them, and we, you know, they debriefed me and stuff. It's a lot of fun, so I'm really excited yeah. about it. So, but um, that's yeah, cool, man. Congrats. it's fun. You know, I think that's one thing I love about what we do is we're able to take the art and the things that we love and, 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 you know, it, it takes years, obviously you've been at it for years. I've been at it for years, the people that we know and love and ins- are inspired by have been at it for years. But once you get to that one point, it's like you're able to be flown out to Croatia or Bali, you know, um, and, and experiencing these different cultures and meeting other artists and stuff. Um, it's just, to me, that's like one of the big benefits, you know, like I love it. And, and I pick out I th- I go through my year and I, I try not to do too many of them to be honest. Cause it, it's incredibly draining for me as an artist, mm-hmm. just like speaking and stuff. Do you do talks too, or you just do workshops?
1: I do actually, I do talks and workshops, but uh, I haven't done anything like in this past year just because my back, like I said, I hmm. those airplane, idea. yeah, those, it was the worst for those like sitting, trying to sit in an airplane. It's, it right. really sucks actually. Two years ago I was supposed to go to Croatia and I actually had to cancel right when I got on the plane just because um, my back was layering up so bad and I had tried to fly a couple of hours um, outside the city just mm. the weekend before uh, and it was just not having it. It was so bad that I wanted to tell the plane to like turn around and let me off. So oh,
0: man. lower back. Yeah. Back,
1: bad, um. uh, it's like, so sciatic is actually in your leg. Oh, okay. But as you know, like, um, like mine was right down where my tailbone and my, my, um, uh, thigh bone touch. Hmm. So the pain, the way that the pain worked is like it would start in my leg and kind of shoot up to my lower back. Cause uh. everything just gets really tight. Um, but, you know, so I haven't done any this year, but I was doing a lot of uh, talks and, and and flying around and stuff um, last year. And that was, it was actually pretty cool. It was pretty cool. Um, that's one of the things that actually made me want to go freelance is because I realized like, wow, I think I'm actually kind of tired. Um, cause I was, <laughs> I was putting in work. I think I hit like year number 13 as a concept artist. Yeah. And I, I'm like, where did that time go? Yeah. And, and you know, in the end, especially cause I was, working and doing freelance work for like magazines or stuff or then also doing interviews and then flying around and and giving talks and stuff until this year I was just like I need to not do anything for a minute um Uh, uh, smart but I love talking though man I I love actually you know what I take take that back I did go to Russia
0: (laughs) Uh, yeah I saw the pictures that you were out in Russia and that's a long trek that's like yeah. 18 hours if you're from San Francisco, I think, or something like that. Some crazy. Bali is it really is. far too, you know? So.
1: Oh, Bali was by far the craziest. I had a 12 hour layover, oh. and I think the so. The first flight was 12 oh. hours, <laughs> and then I had a 12 hour layover, and then I think I had a seven hour flight after that. Oh. Crazy. I, yeah. I think, I – where was I? Hong Kong? I don't remember where the layover was, but it was, it was crazy because I'm in this airport and there's these pretty much children walking around in military suits with ak-47s Whoa. and they're looking at me and they're like don't you try nothing man i got this gun and wow. i'm just like wow this is the airport this is wild dude oh. craziness
0: that's that's super bizarre that's what's cool about traveling though you, and they got all that stuff you just get inspired by it you know and, and put that into your art you know which is awesome yeah i went to the philippines like i don't know five years ago and yeah that was a, that was probably one of the longest flights i've ever done that and and if michae and i went to um new zealand and that was super long and we only went for like three days it's so stupid i think it was oh, like three no. days of travel and three days of of being there it's like yeah it's crazy amounts of time but um i was gonna say oh yeah the talking thing you so you enjoy you enjoy speaking public speaking then huh you natural with it
1: i do i i do um yeah i i guess so um I don't know. It's it's so interesting, too, because by nature, I'm a very quiet and introverted person, mm. extremely introverted. <laughs> okay. And everyone always says that when I tell them like, hey, man, I'm a really like a really, really introverted person. And they're like, no, you're not. You do these talks and stuff. You're not introverted. Mm. Um, and I'm, I guess it's just because if you get me going talking about what I know, sure, then it's, you know, it's a whole different story. But, um, typically, typically I'm a quiet guy, but yeah, I like talking, man. I like going and sharing what I've learned. Um, I, I've met some really great teachers and, you know, sort of understood their philosophy on like how to teach stuff. And, Mm -hmm. um, and I think my perspective tends to be one that comes from a bit of a motivational standpoint, just because, I mean I'm from Louisiana. You went down there like <laughs> sure, <laughs> that little yeah. that little it's crazy secondhand. place that you saw. Yeah, <laughs> that little crazy place that you saw with that like really thick racial tension and and yeah. kinda of run down patina on the buildings. Um that's where I'm from. Yeah. So, you know, my perspective is one of like single parent home uh, you know, not a lot of Same. food sometimes, just totally haggard upbringing, but being able to sort of find this uh this pocket where I fit in and then pushing down that path and if there's anything that I do know about it's it's being able to come to terms with the fact that you had to make sacrifices to do certain things, um, you know, which which gives you a lot of uh, perspective on things. Nothing was kind of given to me. I just had to work really hard for it. So, uh, you know, I like sharing that that goal or that vision that that everybody can have the same goal and, you know, sacrifice, not having to. You know, not partying too much, but, you know, partying a little bit. (laughs) Yeah, of
0: course, life is for the enjoyment, but at the same time, yeah. Well, you've been putting in, you said, 13 years. That's cool, and you come from a single mom, too? Because I was raised by a single mom, too, so same yeah single parent yeah, yeah I do so, yeah. yeah and you, yeah. You, you learn pretty quickly how to make like mayonnaise and bread sandwiches and all that kind of stuff <laughs> <like it>. but,
1: <laughs> man we're brothers man yeah, we both eat great. mayonnaise sandwiches
0: <laughs> <laughs> When I lived in Hawaii we didn't have anything other than like bread and mayonnaise and spam so we, yeah oh no <laughs> yeah we sometimes get spam spam is like a luxury because it's expensive yeah that's you know? right a <laughs> friend of mine
1: told me that yep
0: yeah because they do spam the bees, but it's like it's kind of expensive there but we would like my brother and I would go out into like the creeks and, and we'd um, go like for those little prawns we'd get those little prawns and like um like you know capture them basically and then bring them back and like fry them up and make like prawn (laughs) sandwiches but there's something that's really like that's one thing I, i i'm always worried about with my own my own kid is she doesn't have nearly the the, the struggles that I went through, but at the same time, sometimes I think maybe it's not necessary, but at the same time, I think it builds character. If it doesn't break you, you know, if you don't use it as an excuse, like, Oh, I I suck because of this and that, but it's like more or less like, Oh, I'm going to, I'm going to prove everybody wrong. That's how I looked at it. Is that how you've kind of approached it and how you became successful, like the way you are now?
1: Yeah, it is. You know, a lot of it, a lot of it came from, uh, having that struggle, but also having this sort of, um, love for the people that that i know that are still in that struggle or that never kind of came out of that struggle you know i had a best friend who um you know he was a writer he wanted to be a really really great writer and he did a lot of schooling and um you know he moved back home and he's still there i love him to death you know he's still there and he decided to have like a wife and you know they probably have a kid any minute here but i just i know what it's like to to be a part of that and i have friends that are still part of that So it just sort of makes you want to um, push it further, especially when you make a little bit of ground, right? Like once you get your foot in the door and you've been where I've been, you kind of don't want to go back. Sure. So there's this. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. You can't you can't go back to eating spam when you've had caviar. Not saying that I'm like eating caviar all day. It's just a metaphor. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. It's just, it's that, but it's also an extreme bursting love for the culture. And when I say the culture, uh, I mean, video games and, and other nerd stuff. Uh, I still get that a lot too. Cause people are like, what, you're not a nerd. You're, you look like a football player. And I'm like, no, dude, man, I like mortal Kombat and like yeah. street fighter and, and, and Metroid zero. Like I love all these things. Sure. Um,
0: kind of cool to be a nerd now which is interesting you know you get beat up as a kid You're a nerd. Now I, now I think it's kind of cool like i think people are embracing it which is interesting you know which makes me kind of worry like what does that mean Is like now is like the new jock the nerd like what is that you know, like, <laughs> i mean i have a 12 year old daughter so i'm like constantly like trying to figure out like how to navigate the, those very complicated waters so <laughs> yeah but it's 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 um that's good that you are like that though. And, and and I think that's so important. I find that a lot because I train jujitsu and a lot of the guys that I train with, they're so unique and so special and different. And if you were just like, you know, and that's one, that's one of those lessons. Like if you were just to take things at face value on the street, looking at somebody, you would never know that this person could completely dominate you in any way possible. But it's like, they're so unassuming. And I love that about it, you know? And I think that's, what's really important. It's like, you know, like just embracing the fact that everybody has their own uniqueness. There's of course stereotypes for a reason. They exist for a reason, but for the most yeah. part, sometimes it's not that way, you know, and there's some really cool, like interesting um, you know, different types of people out there. And I that's what I love too is like being a nerd. Um same way, I'm same I you know, I don't look like it, but I am to completely i love so many weird things like i'll cry at a miyazaki film you know it's like oh it's so good (laughs) you know like you know it's uh, the appearance isn't the same you know it doesn't match up but and some of my like my best friends that are just they, they look like they're like near prison inmates, you know, but they're (laughs) Miyazaki (laughs) fans as well. I think it's kind of cool. I feel like, um, you know, things are evolving, you know, slowly, but surely, but they're evolving hopefully in the right direction. You know, um, one thing I was going to bring up too, with what you're dealing with, with your health stuff is I, when I train, I, you know, obviously you train as well, um, um, different types of training, but I have a really bad lower back from snowboarding, um, from accidents and stuff, but, um, and then sitting's really hard for me too. So I have a sit stand, like electric desk thing, but mm-hmm. I, I, I do this, I use this stuff called CBD oil. Have you, have you heard of it?
1: You know what, man, that's actually, I believe what fixed my, I, I no I longer know. have sciatica first of all. Yeah. Uh, but at the time I had a friend who was like, hey, I'm gonna get you this stuff and I want you to put it on your back. Yep. And I'm like, all right, whatever. And you know, it's San Francisco, you're expecting anything, you're kind of sure. already expecting that. But you know, I put some of that on and it just went like, it was gone. Yep. Like literally gone, at least for that day. Like obviously it comes back if I live too heavy and don't stretch or something. But yeah, yeah. Uh, I definitely feel like it, I don't know, man, It it like, took some years off or something or just like helped it get better. But man, it I mean, I went through two of those, two of those like containers of that stuff, but man, it's, it's good.
0: (laughs) It's expensive, but the little tincture. Yeah. I have friends that that put in their tea. Um, I, I like if I have a real heavy day or if I'm like, if I know I'm going to have a stressful kind of moment, I'll just take a couple of drops of that, put it in my drink, or I'll just have like a cookie with it or something, you know, like, mm-hmm. um, but that really, it just helps me because like, I'm not down with like, I'm not, I don't want to just sit there and smoke a joint. I'm not going to smoke a bong or something like that. I don't, it's right. not, it's not really what I'm interested in, but what I am interested in is the relax, the relaxing part. And also most importantly is like, it's sometimes it's really hard to sleep when my back's messed up or like. I've been training really hard, and like we train like with leg attacks and stuff, and like my my knee, I got knee bar and my knee is all messed up or something. It's like can't get comfortable, and like sleep is so important. So I'm glad you're using using CBD because I found that to be very successful for me, and I love natural stuff. I'm not really. I'm not i don't i'm not down with this the pharmaceutical like drug dealers and stuff i'm not really into that stuff so right i'm more or less like in, i'm more into like the na- natural kind of stuff and that's com- probably more or less how i was raised too like in hawaii and stuff just being more yeah,
1: it's stuff. interesting it seems like you and i sort of went down the same path physically yeah. in a lot of ways because I, <laughs> I did the same like i i grew up a gymnast actually i was a gymnast for um for i think six years and i actually did like dance tap and ballet and stuff too so my my body was always under constant fire like my knees were screwed i'd have a torn rotator cuff from doing giants on the rings i have all of this crazy crazy stuff uh yeah so we we got the same thing we got we have, have all the same issues it seems like
0: yeah, and it's crazy how that stuff creeps up on you too. I'm 34, turning 35 now. It's like crazy. Like, I'm like, oh, wow, I'm actually starting to get old. <laughs> like, when do you I turn be...
1: 35, man? I'm, doing, I'm literally March. the same March, yeah. dude. I'm yeah.
0: April. I'll be ah, 35 in April. So, Pisces? <laughs> you're Pisces or no? No, nah, man, I'm a Taurus, man. Taurus, Come on. All right, so I'm Pisces. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But no, like, it's that's, and you're turning 35 as well? Turn 35 as well, there man. There we go. So twinners, this is cool. Like, I love this. This is a refined yeah. <laughs> like, parallel universe is happening here. Um, it's kind of cool, too. Recently, we were talking uh, on Instagram, and we're, we were, like, ironically following that same photographer. I can't remember his name. He's got those incredible Simon, I think his name is, or something like that. Um, let's see. But remember, I, I saw I saw a comment from you, you're like, dude, your photos are so good, and I was like, I know, oh, right, yeah. What the heck? <laughs> Let me try to oh, see if man. I can find his name cause like,
1: yeah, it's that's Simon Weiner, man. Like, yeah. I remember him it's when Wiener. he was still doing art; like, he wasn't really big in the photography. I think we most of the guys around our age came from the ConceptArt.org days, yeah. And that's when I found Simon because he he was doing art back then. It was it didn't it didn't really look like his stuff looks looks now. Um, and then he sort of switched over into like this sort of art slash photography, and then swapped over into just pure photography and it's amazing it's it's so good
0: i hate him and i love him too (laughs) i send him i send him messages all the time like oh it's so good man i love it and like i just yeah i'm fascinated by it are you into photography as well
1: yeah man i love photography i I don't do it as much and i i think lately on my feed i've been trying to merge um a little bit of what i know about photography and 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 videography Mm. into just Different ways to present my artwork, you know, adding just a little bit of pop to a video or something like yeah, that. I love that. Uh, so,
2: I enjoy thanks, those man, appreciate.
1: It. Yeah, yeah, I'm learning. Yeah, I'm learning how to do that. Yeah. <laughs>
2: <It's>
1: fun, <laughs> yeah. I think right? it's Instagram like allows you to add beats now. Used to not. It used to take the music off and say you don't own this music. But I don't know, something happened recently where you can kind of do that. Uh, but yeah, it's interesting. It all comes together because this this one guy saw my videos and he was like, "Man, you know, your videos are nice, but they feel like they need some music. Hmm. I'm a musician. Why don't you try some of these beats out?" And I did it, and I was like, wow. <laughs> and then that's the more awesome. beats i add the more people come and they like give me beats I'm like can you use my music and i'm like yeah man this stuff's dope dude and i throw that on there and that's so you know cool. it, all, it all just comes together but um but back to
0: I, that right there i love i just loved it that's the best right there you're making yeah. something you're having fun you're sharing it and somebody else was like Hey, I can compliment. That's the best right there. That's
1: yeah. There's a genuine feeling that now awesome. that the doors are open to create your own content, yeah. that we're actually approaching a new era, which is uh, so Instagram came out. Became like the era of of creating your own content, and now I think that it's seven years in. Instagram just had its had its seventh birthday uh, a couple weeks ago. Ah, I Um, was like
0: three years old or something. No, it's just it's been a
1: long time. It's because we spent it on Instagram.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's true.
1: Damn it, (laughs) passing the time. No, but now that. Now that we're past that part, though, I think the next step is that people are all starting to band together and create content together as uh, as co creators, and it's it's That's been so cool. really awesome. Yeah, it has. Uh, back to the Simon Wiener thing; it's so funny. Um, I <laughs> had a had a date, <laughs> and a person that I was dating just like I kind of you know just. Some dates, basically. And she was a photographer and all of her stuff's on like billboards and stuff. And we went to this um, restaurant and we're talking about photography and discussing. And I'm like, check this guy out. I love this guy's work. And I go to Simon's work and she's like, this is terrible. And I'm like, what? (laughs) Dude. Sean. I shit you not, last time I saw her. <laughs> like, we got the little tiff, and I was like, how are you going to tell me this dude's work is terrible, man? She's like, this is obviously a person that doesn't know how to hold a camera and doesn't know anything about photography. And I'm like, maybe he doesn't. Maybe he doesn't know anything about photography. Maybe he's solely self-taught. But, like, the work is dope. and do That it, was yeah. literally right when I was commenting on that picture with you. We were having that conversation and I was
0: like, you know, I don't think it's going to work out. Oh, interesting. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, that's what's so funny. Like, Because to me, his work, it speaks to me, you know, like there's a, there's like, it has a breath of something that's so interesting. Like I, I, I'm, it's, it makes me so insecure because I, I just take random photos too, because I love it. And I'm like, I understand how to use the camera enough to capture what I need, but I'm not like trying to be uber nerd with it. I just do it to capture that moment. And But it's, I mean, I, I guess everybody's a critic, right? You know, so.
1: Well, you know, what I think it is, is I think the reason why I like his work the most is like you said, it's like this kind of uber work. And I think what that is, is that his work speaks to concept artists because his work is storytelling like to the maximum. Like yeah. you see a photo and it's like a girl giving a flower to a small girl in Africa or something. And that's cool and all, but like you see his stuff, and there's this whole world and it's it's always heavy with him. The The air feels heavy yeah. in his painting, and his, his photography. Yeah. And it's, I don't know, it's like, maybe that little tiff between me and that other person was because that person might not have been from the concept art world or the world of illustration or whatever, and like I doesn't hear. understand that vibe that he's getting. Um, uh, we were talking about there's some pictures he took in the forest and the light that was like bouncing off of this person and hitting the forest floor just beneath their feet, like the light looked like it weighed a ton it was so thick Mm. and that's something I think that normal photography doesn't tend to capture
0: yeah um perfect? I think there's a lot of imperfections that I love in his work you know
1: right and and that's what you know you just said about um you know you don't try to get too nerdy with it and stuff I think there's an era that's about to pop up where as concept artists we're really good at getting a piece of equipment and learning the basics of it and then conceptualizing the actual um, what the equipment can put out. So with us, I feel like we don't really need to know every in and out about a Nikon camera. To us, it's just another tool to get uh, our visual Story. storytelling out and our message our message out. And yeah. uh, I I think that that's something. I think that's going to cause a new era in photography. Actually, maybe it's just our little pocket, but. Sure.
0: I see it. I see it. I see it. Sorry. I was like, a uh, Levy Pedafi and stuff. Like, he's been mm-hmm. taking a lot more photographs too. And, like, it's fun. Like, I've been slowly kind of just taking photos more. And I just bought a 70 to 200 mil, like a 2.8. And I just love the heck out of it, mainly because I'm such a fan of telephotos, um, because mm-hmm. of car photography and stuff. But, um, yeah, I, I agree. I think there's, there's, there, it's already there, and it's been existing. when I look at his photos, they feel like a fincher film almost, and I'm like, How can you not love this? It just feels heavy, you know, so like, yeah, that chick is crazy you're right, man. sorry to that lady, but you're crazy you're like this is this this is the jam um I don't know like maybe if like I don't know billboard photography is is a different thing, obviously, so um but yeah, I mean it teaches teach his own, I guess, and that's what yeah, makes that's, that's goes back to like what we we're talking about earlier on about food. And the differences of food comparison to art and like how i think it's so hard to really capture a non-subjective viewpoint on like on art and do it really right like these these food shows do i think the person that can really figure out how to Document that and showcase it properly. Like I think it's gonna be that will be the next kind of food thing And it'll be like no, this is art and this is bomb art and this is why this art is good You know, it's like we grew up with popular culture Um, The people that you know, I saw that you you went out and you saw some like Rembrandts and amazing masterworks, you know classic stuff mm-hmm. and it's, yeah. it's that shit's incredible, right? I mean, it's incredible what they were able to do and i was having a conversation with a friend the other day about the masters and the difference between the masters and like the uh, artists today and one of the big differences is the clientele obviously and then the pace the pace is different i think it's a completely different pace i mean i know rembrandt was pr- quite rapid for his day but there's mm-hmm. no way he was even anywhere in the same range as how fast we are now there's not even there's not It's not even and i know it's a different dynamic it's not right to even compare the two but what i'm getting at here is like the way that culture works and like what we're inspired by like i noticed that you like the same kind of movies it makes sense because we grew up at the same time but like never-ending story like that to us is art you <laughs> You know like yeah and studying yeah. that stuff like the labyrinth like i have a huge labyrinth poster on my wall because i'm a big fan of like the labyrinth because it's just bonkers and crazy and also right. like, the early star wars and akira and all that kind of stuff too and i see that heavy influence in your work as well which is awesome the otomo influence which all of us have that at this era you know our, our age we're just the otomo experience you know so um
1: if you knew how often his book was open on
0: my desk <laughs> I, <laughs> I think got- i'm gonna have to
1: buy a second one and it's a really expensive book and i have to buy a second one because the pages are coming out i study Which that book? stuff so hard Which book? um it's the big Genga? it's like a big one yeah
0: ginga yeah i have it too it's right i'm looking right at it
1: <laughs> dude yeah. that book is what ignited me to pick up these screen tones and start using because that,
0: the zip stuff you're using now huh
1: yeah man um <clears throat> so i it's weird i feel sort of like actually first off why don't you go ahead and ask <laughs> What's that? Ask a, you said you were going to ask about that. So I, I want to make sure you didn't have a specific oh. question before no, no, no. I just, I just go I was, off I, down I was, on that.
0: And I was noticing you're getting into it and I have a couple of friends that are that have gotten really into it and I I bought some like a ways back when I was doing a lot of lost boy stuff and then mm-hmm. I was just too much of a coward bitch to do it so <laughs> I'm like this looks difficult. Then uh, I then I stopped because like I knew I could do it digitally, you know. So and then Mitchy and I like we playing around with like uh, um, Was that Manga Studio or something like that? Because you can do it pretty right. easily with Manga Studio, but yes, you're, you're keeping it like super thuggish with the OP all the way one
1: hundred baby. No, nice. so I so there's it. the thing. All right, so I I think it kind of all ties in with the classical thing, you know, me enjoying classical art and you know constantly going and checking out some Titians and some Rembrandts or wherever I can find, you know. And I think that that reverence for that old field. I love the new stuff, and I love how digital it is. Um, and I understand that you can get the same look with man- with Manga Studio and 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 all of that stuff, the tools, Photoshop. But for some reason, I think I'm entering this point where, even though I have this still immense respect for digital work, I feel like it doesn't ever taste like anything. Yeah, and it's it's, true. it's, it's missing that. I've last been I've been trying percent. to figure. Yeah, and I, I can't figure out what it is because even now I'm looking at this book, The Art of Black Panther, which just came out today, which I'm dying yeah, over, yeah. Uh, and the digital work in it is so amazing. It's so good. Hmm. But I feel like I would never buy a digital painting.
0: Yeah, yeah. It just doesn't I love it, that you it say that. Taste You're being like real something. about it. You're being so real about it because most people would not admit that, especially because that's what we we work in, you know, but it's a different value, right? It has a different spectrum of value. But that's that's true, I had the same problem because <laughs> there's something yeah. there's a weird thing about that tactical like tactical like imperfection, right? Is that what it is that we're after? what is it? I don't
1: know, I think that's that's kind of right because as as you said that I was opening this book and trying to figure out what it is, and I zoom in on this page, I zoom in see look how terrible I am. I'm digital now. <laughs> wow. I'm looking closely at this page and I can yeah I can see the tape where they taped the letters into the word bubble yep so cool. and that to me it's almost like look it's it's just that one piece of tape to me is as delicate as a fine piece of origami art because it's something that's lost now yep. you can control alt z or or control c control v or whatever like i look at a portrait of a person and i don't i feel like i'm kind of being deceived like I, I don't know anymore. I can look at this picture uh, that this person painted of this person's face. And while it's still, an, it's awesome. It's cool that we've gotten it down to a small period of time, but I don't know how we got there. I don't know how the artist got there. Did they put a, just a photo there and trace over it, which is totally fine. Or did, is it a production piece? Was it done really quickly? There's just a loss of history there. It doesn't feel like anything or taste like anything. But when I look at Uh, these old styles, which is what I'm trying to sort of bring back through my work. um, It feels like the difference between listening to uh, like synthesized music, which is dope. And the difference between listening to that and uh, like, a classical violin or a cello sure. that's that's the difference for me. Um, I get comments recently where they're like, Why can't you just do that in Photoshop and I'm like, it's just the dots don't look the same, they yeah. don't look the same so as we progress down this line of of uh, digital superiority, where even the cartoons are done completely digital, mm-hmm. I literally will still sometimes turn on He Man because sure. sometimes you can see where they they pick the cell up too fast and there's actually a little bit of a shadow behind He Man, yep. and it's cool that you call it tactical imperfection because it's it's it just. It's tastier. I don't know. I don't know, what, I don't know any other is way to nostalgia? say it. Like
0: I've always thought about this. This is a big problem I have too. Like I'll watch. Pecura I don't and I think I love it's just nostalgia. Okay. That's the thing. I so don't think it's a just nostalgia. Thing? What is it? A uh, thing? I
1: don't think it's a. I don't think it's a piercing because I've wrestled with this greatly in trying sure. to figure out I how time. I want to do this. This project that I'm working on. Why I'm taking all this time trying to master this old technique. Yeah. Um, I I don't I just think that even looking at a background that's completely colored black with black marker. I know that that could easily be done with Photoshop. And I know that you can put a filter in there to make it look like, you know, it has texture that it looks like it was painted with the marker. Like it, it looks cool. But when you have the actual marker strokes, even on a subconscious level, just seeing the marker strokes and acknowledging that they're there or seeing a paintbrush stroke and acknowledging that they're there just puts you in this headspace where I don't know, you feel like a person did it. And and to me, uh, all of that stuff sort of adds to the visual narrative. It's the visual narrative or the storytelling is on these different layers. You have the storytelling where the artist is doing it consciously, where he's, you know, he puts a red flower in a person's pocket or something and, and that signifies certain things. But on a subconscious level, um, when you see the little waviness of line, you know that there was a hand that drew that or, or i don't know there's just it's a it's a link to the to the person it's a link to the to the um, to the cook if the relic, you will
0: the relic of time yeah i think yeah. The computer ruins and that, or removes that i think you're right yeah
1: it does and that's not necessarily a bad thing because no, like it's, movies it's like moana friends. like movies like moana which are completely cg like it's they look beautiful they look brilliant sure. um right. but i think that it's still possible to um enjoy them all within a different vein. Like, I think that, I think it's going to split. Like, I think there's going to be a split down the middle again, where, um, you know, it used to be, is this a cartoon or a movie now it's, is it a cartoon or a movie and is it handmade or is it digital? Like, I just think that there's a different branch and they're going to evolve equally because people are still doing uh, traditional stuff all the time. And sometimes even the coolest traditional stuff that I see anyway, um, was done, with a mixture of tradition and, and new stuff. Like um, I think of that, that show or movie, Kubo and the Two Strings. Beautiful, mm-hmm. beautiful, beautiful, amazing piece of work. Yeah, like but it. a lot of the things that make that piece so charming is the fact that they kind of step back a little bit and they're like, how did they used to do it? Let's do it this way, like let's make these maquettes and let's uh, do this sort of semi faux claymation style. And yeah. I, I think when you do that, it's, it's a really charming um, um, product.
0: Yeah, it's interesting because my wife can't stand that, and she won't watch those movies with me because she doesn't like the style of it, which I find really interesting because I love it. It's, it always trips me out when something I love, people are like, no, I don't like. I'm like, what? Really? That's interesting. Why don't you like that? You know? And, and the, just I think the imperfections. Some people they they're on the opposite spectrum of us, and what we like too is like, I thrive off the imperfections, and I think that that's probably why we're both probably drawn to Otomo's work because Otomo is a guy that went off and drew more than anybody in the history of humanity. (laughs) 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 And then he like developed an interesting style from in a war of attrition basically of almost like perfection, but with like subtle flaws everywhere. Yeah. Like subtle flawed perfection almost, you know, and I try, I, which I find fascinating. And I'm really getting into really heavy CGI. Like that's my, been my pursuit the past year. And the whole time you get to a level with the CGI stuff where you get really good at it, you understand it. And then the, the next step is to how to make it real. And that's all about making imperfections and creating subtleties that break the perfection. And that's how so, you make the best stuff. It's crazy. And
1: here's the question the question becomes, is um is there ever going to come a time when like i guess how do i ask this Mm, it seems like in order to make something look cool you want to mimic or make it look imperfect so you want to mimic paint you want to mimic pencil strokes you want to mimic all those things is there ever a time when it's going to be faster to do it this way and then dumb it down or add those imperfections or is there you think it's possible to actually create something from scratch and then enhance it with CG.
0: I think there's a good blend between the two. And I think at the end of it is all about what your intentions are. I think that's what defines it. You know, it's like, like you mentioned a perfect example, like the concept art for black Panther, like it's perfect. That is digital because it needs to be somewhat disposable. But at the same time, it needs to be perfect and refined that, that paint wouldn't necessarily give you at the time that it's made. Right. Cause it's like digital art. It's so easy to just photo bash and then do some extra stuff on it and boom, boom, boom. And then you have something close to show the director like, Hey, this is what I'm thinking rather than a rendering. I personally, as a director and a person that likes this kind of stuff too, I like the Drew Struzan approach or like the, the Ralph McQuarrie illustration approach, because it blends the line between imagination and not finished piece. And then the rest of that gets translated properly in the right hands to a master, masterpiece. Basically it's a difference that I felt when I was watching the latest Blade Runner and the original one, the, the original one was just so, I'm not sure if you're fans of either, but the original one is so filled with texture and depth and detail. And the newest one felt so vacant, of those things and it was like really odd for me because i'm like that's a perfect example of the mix between the two the digital versus the original analog and for me it's like they're two completely different things not one's better than the other it's just they're two different things completely you know so yeah um, but i think there's a hybrid to it you know and i think it's mostly in the intention i think it all is about the intention like what you're doing right now you're on a you're like a soul journey's quest you know like you're going like i'm gonna go and like you know, in regards to like the metaphor I see is like you're gonna, you know, take your the iron from the earth and you're making your art sword, you know, <laughs> slowly and you're in your in your you're smashing it and, and you're building it up and you're layering it up and those are the days that you put in and you're understanding how to use these old techniques because but they see, are the perfections that you like these those imperfections which I admire you know- too, so.
1: That's what's in, not to cut you off, but that's what's oh, that's so interesting. You just actually sort of helped me figure it out. Like that's what's so interesting about it is. So when I make my best art, I'm coming from a place of absolute peace. Hmm. And I think all it really boils down to when it when you, we're talking about intention and why you do one way versus the other is, I like doing digital stuff. It's fun, but I like the peace that I get from um, from doing it the hands-on way, like. It feels like I don't know. Like one of my favorite things to do in college, I was I, I did printmaking in college, lithographs and mm. um, um, copper pressing, and just the process of that. Like I'm a really earthy guy, you know. Like I, I like a nice cigar, and like mm. I'm, I'm not gonna lie, like I like a nice plain glass of whiskey or scotch and I like to do my art the old-fashioned way like I remember printmaking in college was you know you you have to first prepare the copper plate through through burnishing it and like polishing it which took an hour and then the next hour is like you have to etch it after you etch it you gotta dip it in the acid and then after the acid you gotta it's all these things and then the favorite part is like laying it down and putting this paper over it which must be lined up absolutely perfect on all sides by the way and then you crank this enormous wheel and you just hear the like the grinding of the wheel like the and it's churning out this piece of artwork this tiny little piece of paper after you know putting all that effort in that to me is relaxing it's sort of it's calming you can shut your brain off you don't even have to have any music on you're just in the zone completely touching and creating this thing and i think that's the sort of feeling that i'm getting from doing these uh, these half tone papers. It's because it's you paint the piece. Well first you plan the piece and then you, you draw it and then you, you paint it or or with you know ink and then you you cut out your, your, your paper and you chisel it down with your little exacto knife. I actually think it's faster. Like I can do a a drawing or a sketch in maybe half an hour mm-hmm. and take two pieces of uh two pieces of, of this dot paper that have a gradient on it, place it over the figure, trace it out, cut it out, pull it off. And it looks like a finished piece.
0: So yeah. it's actually faster.
1: But yeah. Um, yeah, I'm still trying to figure out how to make it work. And um,
0: it looks like you're getting great success. So, I mean, that last piece that you got with the guy and the, holding the rifle and the bag and stuff. I mean, it you definitely it's working, you know, like it feels rad. Like I love the one where it's like the I think it was one of your earlier studies for Inktober where it's like the the lady's face, uh, the woman's face. And there's like. She's got goggles on and stuff. It, it kind of has like a, uh, I forget his name, uh, Jock, kind of like that feeling of that energy, but like a, mm. but your own style, obviously. I hate it when people say, hey, your looks like a uh, fuck off, man. Like
1: No, I get it. I get yeah, it.
0: No, I get why people say it, but I, 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 I hate it when people do that. I'm like, oh, it's like the biggest pet peeve of mine. It's like, hey, your world looks like a Tomo. Oh, like, <laughs> fuck off, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah no probably i get take it though because like so, i'm like i'm yeah, trying to so, be my authentic self here <laughs> yeah.
1: yeah so my it's, it's so funny that you brought up uh lost boys a while ago because i think right at the time when both of you especially it makes sense now that because we're the same age and like damn near the same month it makes sense because i think when I mean, you were doing lost boys i was actually doing a lost boys with the peter pan lost boys ah, and sick. It, Yeah, it it was like I was doing this thing where it was all like what if Pan was like a woman and it was Mm. for uh, this comic. And um, the name of the book was The Lost Boys. And I remember that's how actually I found your work, I think, is because someone was like, wait, are you doing this with uh, Ash? And I'm like, "Um, no.
0: Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Damn (laughs) it, this guy.
1: (laughs) (laughs) But um, so right along that path, I think me, you and Mache were all deciding that we wanted to do like our own comic and, Mm -hmm. you know, we have work and stuff. Um, so, you know, obviously the work comes first and then personal work. Uh, but, um, I'm actually still, the reason why I'm doing this is because I'm building my comic out right now. Like I I was doing this art a couple years ago, um, called cat Riders, where it's like this image of this person on the back of this like giant cat. Mm -hmm. Um, and I had done like five or six of those. And, it seems like people loved him and I loved them. Like I, I love those pieces. So that's what my like story is about. And I've I've been building it out for like the past three years now, like writing here and there and doing some stuff here and there. But um I I I want it to feel and look a certain way. Yeah. So I think the reason why I'm going down these paths and trying all these old methods is so that I can come up with something that's new and fresh on my own, but uh, feels different. I needed to not have the same homogeny that like that of the pieces that are out there right now like it's hard and i feel that that's imp- i know it is hard and you end up you end up going and like like you said taking your own steel from the earth and like like those cooking shows you you go and you have to get like the best salt and like yeah. Yeah. you need this fruit that only grows on the top of the himalayan well, mountain gonna
0: like, <laughs> grams. you're gonna love it it's gonna make so much sense to you especially right now yeah, yeah, that's no, that's, that's where great. I'm at. You're keeping up the fight. That's good because I I know Mache and I, at least me, uh, I I mean I got I was really into it, and then uh, it's it's so difficult and it takes so much time and it doesn't pay anything and like it's just it you have to love it and I do love yeah. it. It's just like I got obsessed with other things, but I will I will definitely be coming back to it. And every time I see when you post a drawing, it reminds me like, man, I need to get back and draw because I love drawing. It never goes away. It, it's always there. And I love drawing, and I love that process and stuff. But um, uh, you're keeping up the fight. Because I think Maché even, too, I think he fell the wayside along with me, too, because just, like, life gets in the way, you know? Like... Well, I see. I have the
1: also. I have the added privilege of not being a badass like you guys are. (laughs) No, I'm just saying. I mean, you guys. No, I don't. I don't, dude. I don't. It's just me. (laughs) Yeah. So I can I can like do this. And uh, my friend Phil uh, Boutet said, uh, "Life for a single guy is pretty much you wake up and you can say, I think I'm gonna follow this duck around for the day. Like you can literally (laughs) do whatever you want. So (laughs) I mean, so I get it. You guys have families, but also, I mean, you guys are working on some kick ass projects, man. And I mean, if I were working on those same kinds of projects or if I were putting in the work that you guys are putting in to go down that path and then achieving the level of greatness that you guys are achieving, then I I wouldn't be doing this crap either.
0: (laughs) No, it's not crap. It's what you love, you know, and it's the passion behind it and what matters too, you know? So, but no, I I appreciate it. It's very kind of you to say, but um, no, it's definitely like, um, it's cool to see that. And, And thank you for doing it and keep it going because it'll just remind me because uh, I mean, we've been developing Lost Boy into like a feature film, and we're still in script mode and stuff. It's just so much work, and there's so much that's not seen that I know you're aware of too. As you create things oh, yeah. your own, you know, and so there's just mm-hmm. you know, you get those little pockets of things, and and also I was sharing so much of it, and I was worried that it was like getting uh, mimicked, and I was like, oh crap, I should stop sharing it until I'm ready to have like a that's, thing. That's what that, happened with
1: mine. That's why I, you'll see me working with this technique. Uh, But you won't see any of the characters that I was previously putting out for it because – i put so much work out dude and my friend was like just start the comic now and i'm like no nah, man i have to make sure i have all the ingredients first and then i went to the store that day and i saw this i think it was a game informer or something and it was literally someone was on the cover that looked like it was like carbon copy pasted yeah. and i was like no yeah. and then i started seeing some of the designs that i was doing everywhere and then i talked to uh my friend joel Farik, and he gave me this pretty cool sage advice. Cause he's an old guard guy from uh, Ubisoft and all that stuff. Um, but he was like, Marco, this right here is your baby. Don't show anyone this. And I was like, Oh,
0: okay. Then. It's smart. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's, it's, it was it's, it's very smart. Because you want to share it, right? It's because it's something you that do. you love and you want to share it with friends. And then like, and then you want to share it with the world and then people start ripping it off and you're like, oh, damn, you know, like then it loses its, its thing, you know, and it and, in, and unless you're like uh, McFarlane or like uh, an Otomo where you've developed and you have this thing and it's a big brand, uh, it's so easy to be ripped off. And then, and then people are like, oh, like your work looks like this You're like wait hold on i was doing this before this person not like that matters but it's a part of the the journey yeah. you now so yeah but you're smart to do that and i highly suggest that even for anybody else that's making things too it's like be cautious when you share it and how you're going to share it and when I think it's like the best way is to amass amount of work that somebody will see it and they'll go like, oh shit, I I'm not even gonna try <laughs> you know Like they'll try yeah. but they, they won't come close because you've amassed the years behind it that they just can't come close to it. They'll just accept it as you being that person that's like leading the trends. Dude, I'm having the most fun talking with you. I, I hate that I have to leave here soon because I have to cook no, dinner and stuff. No, no, no. We have to do a part two if you're okay with it. I feel like, I mean, the, the funny thing is there's so much more to this conversation that I had on the docket yeah we about.
1: Yeah, we've barely scratched the surface of a lot of Different types of art, man, and like I I definitely feel like to do this again.
0: Can we do a part two that will just tie into this episode sometime later this week or maybe like early next week or something? Oh man, I'd love to. That'd be amazing. So we can just like that. That way, we turn into this monster episode for people. But or maybe it's a part two. I don't know. But like, it would just be great because I feel like we've just touched the surface, and there's a lot of really cool, complicated things I want to talk to you about, like like making your own IP and all these kind of things, and also like you know, drawing for yourself and creating things and at the same time, like having those like, you know, moments in your career with like client work and those, you know, successes. Like I know you just released and shared some with the Black Panther stuff and talking to you about that. And we haven't even touched on those things. So this is the first, this is the first in the episode. I was thinking about breaking this up into two episodes, but I didn't want to, um, just kind of mess with people's brains. So I figured we would just put it together and somehow kind of tie them together. I don't even know how we're going to do it smoothly so if you're listening to this you're probably getting an abrupt shift in uh a couple of the flow of this conversation but it's fine i just listened to where we were last um it's been two weeks i think the distance between the two conversations i guess man has it been that long that's Maybe bad three. i had stuff that
1: was due in between there and i didn't finish it yet <laughs> <laughs> don't admit that
0: pub- i public oh. oh man well hey <laughs> I think it's been two weeks. Um, let's see. We did our talk on February 20th. So right. yeah, and now it's March 2nd now. So and the person that's listening is going like, wait, what? It's like a month away from here. So yeah, <laughs> we, we usually record these, um, like a month or two prior to release, usually just because I get insanely busy at times and things ebb and flow. So I, I, I try to do these as whenever I can get a chance. Marco's been busy, I've been busy, and it's been hard to kind of get back onto this conversation. But it's been, I think it's actually good that there was a little bit of a gap between the conversation because then there's like some things that you turned me on to that I went off and experienced. We'll talk about that, La la Cooking and Gordon Ramsay, and then the show called Ugly Delicious, which I'd love to talk to you about. Um, And then we never even talked about you working on Black Panther, which I still haven't seen. I know what. I've been working around the clock. You know the hours I've been pulling. So I don't, I don't oh, think, yeah. I don't think uh, Black I Panther's playing at like 3 in the morning, 4 in the morning. When no, I, it's not. When I actually have time. Um, But I've, I do. I will eventually watch it. Even though I, I've kind of admitted that I'm not a superhero movie guy, I've just been hearing right. a lot of good things about this one. So it's just like, I guess, you know, it's important for me to go off and see it. Um, But yeah, we talked a bit a little bit about you and your involvement with that film and how you developed your own style. And that's going to segue into some things I want to talk about. But could you kind of, you know, break down your experience with this, how they reached out to you, um, your approach to it and um, yeah, your overall experience, I guess. There's three questions for you there. So Okay.
1: Yeah. So um, it's really interesting, um, like how I even got into that. Uh prior to that I hadn't done anything movie related. I've been all games
0: and stuff and um You know because like Mortal Kombat stuff and for those yeah, of that so, who aren't familiar with your work.
1: Okay, so I started my games career actually um I think it was like in two thousand and five, I think. Uh first game I worked on was Halo Wars, which was by the same studio who made um Age of Empires one, two, and three. Um so I did Halo Wars and a little bit of age four with them. Uh, then, after that, I moved over to Mortal Kombat after doing a couple of startup things here and there. Um, but yeah, I did Mortal Kombat 9, uh, Injustice 1 and 2, and then Mortal Kombat 10. And then that brings us to sort of present day, uh, which I then hopped onto the Black Panther movie. Um, how long were you was, on
0: Black Panther for?
1: I was on there for not very long at all. It's really interesting how that works. I think like three weeks because, um, you know, the concept phase happens rapidly in the yeah. movie industry um so for me uh three weeks was actually like a really long time but it was like packed it was every morning all the way to every night like i had an insane amount of stuff that they needed done in a relatively short period of time um and even then like i wasn't i didn't work directly for marvel uh so i think the way it works is that i guess whenever they have a movie they have like two or three shops that they also trust that you know, they hire pretty much every time to deliver supplemental content and um, some film, not film, um, what do you call it? Uh, fabricators, basically, like people who make the costumes and all that stuff. So they have all these like little houses that they hire to bring in. And um, a friend of mine or a guy that I had met at the time, we weren't super close, but we have become close now, uh, Philip Boutet, uh, had been talking to me about possibly getting into the movie role uh doing some movie concept work and uh, i woke up one morning and i saw that they were like making the movie and i was like literally that morning i was like i have to do this like i have to figure out how to get into this movie like i have to i want to be a part of this movie so badly like did you grow
0: you know, up I have- listening reading the comic and everything yeah, I did actually. That's back when back, uh, Jack
1: Kirby was doing it. Um, that, I just loved the art style. You know, I loved what he represented um, character wise. Um, you know, obviously, I, well, not obviously, but I was a bigger Spider Man fan than a Black Panther fan. But Black Panther was like, I would dress up as him, right? Like, it, it just made more sense to me because sure. uh, Spider Man was, you know, super kind of short, small, stringy kind of guy. And I dressed up as him as a couple of times. But no, Black Panther was just. It was just really awesome and i had an uncle who was a huge 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 black panther fan it was literally all he ever read so i was sort of introduced to it that way um but in terms of like how i got into it uh, so yeah uh, i called phil called everybody that i knew i, I, I must have sent like a thousand messages to like ryan minor and uh <laughs> andy too you know i hit those guys up i was like please i have to figure out how to do this <laughs> and uh Sorry. it was just It was really interesting because Andy at the time had said like, oh, yeah, Ryan knows your work. Like he's actually we were talking about uh, reaching out to you and seeing if you wanted to do this. But he was super, super, super busy. Um, And, you know, I'm pretty sure they must have like millions of emails coming in from people who want to work on their stuff. So, you know, it didn't bother me or anything that he just forgot but it was it was very heartwarming to know that they had thought about me i guess oh, okay. uh, based on like the work that i had done for mortal Kombat and for injustice because um, mm-hmm. the style i was doing was trying to you know sort of gravitate more over to the film stuff mm-hmm. um but it just so turned out that in phil's studio they had a need for one more person to do some stuff and he was like yo you can still get on this we could put you in this way and that way you would still be attached to the movie which was cool cause you know, got to develop like a little small relationship with Ryan just through feedback and stuff. Um, so yeah, it was cool. It was like, it was a small little part, but it turned out to be a huge part, hmm. which was just super interesting. How so? Um, well, so the piece that I did, um, I don't, you haven't seen black Panther yet, but they bas- it's like a movie about these like tribes. Basically they have these other tribes in there that are really important to the storyline. Hmm. And, uh, the, the main tribe was his his tribe, the, like, the tribe that um, you know Ch'Challa belonged to, but then there were these other two tribes that were on either sides of him. And the other, the second tribe was this tribe called the Jabari tribe. So the studio that I was um, attached to, we sort of, I think, I think the whole studio was sort of devoted to the Jabari tribe. Yeah. Um, so the interesting thing was, is like, I did this piece and I, like I said, I wasn't even there. I was like remote, I was freelancing for them. So the piece that I worked on about this tribe, um, you know, I put it in there and I was like, well, they'll probably change it up. They'll probably switch some stuff up, you know, maybe they'll just use it for inspiration or something like that. But then when they release like the trailer to the movie, um, there's a scene where, um, the jabari tribe is on top of this hill and they're like screaming into the camera like R and this that scene looked so similar to like the piece that i actually did mm. and i guess it was a, like you know they used it you know like they used a lot of the concept work that i had done because like it's hard to it's hard to like even explain like when you're making this thing from scratch they want like we had to figure out what the different design motifs of the armor was um what does it look like to be a tribe of people who worship a gorilla god uh what kind of colors do they wear like all of this stuff so at the base level like at the part of the the project where i was involved in they took that work and stuck pretty closely to it you know they like phil and a couple of other guys took the preliminary stuff that i had done and use it as a jump off point. And then obviously they had to refine it and stuff because, um, you know, you have to push it to like that super glossy polish. And, and um, that was done internally while I was sort of externally. So I, I got to keep all of the work that I did, but it was also pretty cool seeing it actually, you know, in the art book, <laughs> in the yeah. Marvel art book. Like that was insane. That's like I got the book feeling, and huh? it, well, I mean, I never experienced anything like that before. <laughs> That's definitely <laughs> yeah, the first time so because, cool. you know, when I was doing, like when I'm working on Mortal Kombat and all of this stuff, the books that I looked to were the Marvel books. Like I would have, um, you know, for anybody who's listening, who doesn't know um, when I worked at the studio, Netherrealm studios, we did injustice one and two, which was a superhero game. So when I would do my concepts, I would have the Marvel books open, like using them as like kind of like a teacher, like Mm -hmm. teaching me how to do that style. And you know, so because of that, I I had this big collection of Marvel books and I never thought I would actually be in one until this happened. And then, you know, I got my book and opened it to my page and was like, holy shit, like I'm in a Marvel book. And now it's like a shrine on my desk with like the Black Panther book on top of it because it's just such a huge, it's such a huge deal. It's cool.
0: It's an accomplishment, you know, to have that. I consider those bucket list items for for any artist, you know, to be published and, and majorly underneath a big, you know corporation it's a cool thing you know it's something to be celebrated and to be cherished and enjoyed you know because they only come every once in a while you know so and uh yeah they're awesome congrats man it's a good feeling you know it's a good feeling and you keep chasing that or what
1: i am dude like it's it's a it's a good feeling and um definitely once you do one the doors sort of kind of open up a little bit and i think that it's becomes a little bit easier to do more of them, I guess, because uh, you know, relatively soon after that there was a moment where uh Phil again was like, Hey, what are you working on right now? And I was like, oh, I'm super busy right now and he's like, Oh man, Doc on it, you weren't busy they were looking for somebody to do like the this the next alien movie thing and I was like, Dang it <laughs> You know, so you have these you have these uh moments where you're like I don't know. I- I'll see where it goes. Like I, I still want to do more, but it's yeah. You never know what's being made. You just kind of have to, I guess, wait until someone who knows of you and has room is like, hey, would you like to get in on this? Um, But that's also the reason why I'm sort of moving to L.A. right now. Like I'm back and forth between the two. Hmm. Um, But I'm moving to L.A. full time so that I can just be there because it's easier that way.
0: Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I, I think from my experience and what I've seen and what I've experienced just in general, I think it... The thing is you got to just do what you do by via love. You got to just, you know, be yourself authentically. And then the thing about films and movies and stuff is they're always searching movies, games, all these things. They're always searching for the new thing or what's the newest thing or what's something that's different and unique enough to keep their property Away from being, oh, that's just as much as that thing. You know what I mean? So they, they avoid that at all costs um, if the production is actually good. And so for the most part, they're looking for people that are outliers. The problem with being an outlier is like H.R. Giger, for example. Like he was the perfect person to make the alien for aliens, you know, for, for alien aliens and the whole franchise. After that, though, it's like, what do you do? you know, like, what do you, like, he was so specialized in that style. I mean, I'm not trying to say he was limited. It was just, he had his books and everything else, but the thing that made him so powerful and unique and special is that he was himself being authentically himself. And before the internet and all that stuff, Dan O'Bannon, all these guys, they managed to figure out a way to put him in, uh, alien the movie. And that turned out to be his success and the film success, you know? So I think from what I've experienced is like, generalists often will keep busier on films, like or just projects in general, because you can be a jack of all trades. And I'd say like Mache can be a generalist, but he's also incredibly authentic himself. But he's very good at just being a generalist, you know, like and that's not a that's not a slam against him. That's I think it's actually kind of harder sometimes to be a generalist. Because you have to carry so many different styles and stuff. But from what I've experienced, I think that the people that really um, that are sought out Usually it's just you got to just do your thing and then eventually the stars align and the thing you've been doing for the, you know, the past 10 years or five years, the style you've been developing, somebody's going to go like, can we put this to a different format, a different medium? And then you have this really unique thing and that's going to be your style evolved into some other form of media, which is really quite cool. So,
1: You know, and I wonder about that too because... I'm sort of in this like weird vein in between a generalist and like, I don't mean generalist in the way that, you know, you and Maché are where you guys have your hands in so many different projects and uh, um, pipelines like you know, the 3D pipeline or, or whether it's, you know, using all these different programs and stuff. Um, but I'm a generalist in a way where I think my stuff has a specific style to it, but also it can be kind of, it's, it's in the middle. Mm-hmm. Uh a long long time ago I used to have this really really specific style and I think um through at the time um back when I was at the the atelier the massive black school um Jason was like "Base." It, it seems like what he was saying to me at the time was you know you have this really good style but you don't want to be it's almost like he was encouraging me not to be a Geiger he was like, you you don't want to be a one trick pony. You want to be general so that you can kind of work on all these different things. And it's worked for so for me so far. But it's also like I'm kind of struggling to remember what my actual style is. Exactly. that's a worry Although now now you can kind of I, I don't know, maybe it'll develop. But
0: of course it is. As you as you every day you sit there and you do it, you're developing it, whether you know it or not. You know, you're putting action towards it. You know, at least that's my my thoughts on that. Yeah.
1: What do you think about the way that the world is moving right now,
0: though? Like,
1: mm. oh, it's moving there, so fast a, and in
0: so many directions. <laughs> true. So if you take this
1: same argument or if you take this same conversation, and you apply it to the music world, for example. Sure, sure. Back then, you know, Tupac was Tupac mm-hmm. and everybody knew who Tupac was. But do you think Tupac would have survived in today's world of being Tupac in a world where there are so many people who are so individual like i it's almost like the market is flooded with we have so much music now
0: yeah it's 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 this this actually what the music business is is what's happening right now to the motion graphics industry and the design industry and the film industry too it's happening because it's so rapid the tools have gotten faster but the thing about tupac is he was such a like a, a talented person you know like and i think no matter what, in my opinion, at least maybe I'm a dreamer, but I think talent trumps it all. I think it does. I think it, I think that that unique style and that unique voice would rise above. Um, there are a lot of talented people out there that don't have a voice or don't have a stream. Don't have a lot of things have to align. You need to have the right producer. You need to have the right connections. All these things. Uh, things. Obviously, that's a very important part of it. Right. Um, but I think that's a good question, and I think. You know, honestly, if Tupac decided, you know, I'm going to be a generalist, I'm going to start doing country music. <laughs> I think it would really mess him up. You know what I mean? Yeah, true. So, and well, I think that's I the guess... same thing for artists too. You know, I think it, it's well, artists in general, it's a broad thing. You know, it's just being creative, expressing yourself in a in a a way of communicating that's beyond the normal means of what we're doing now, which is communicating via voice and you know words. And
1: well, I guess I guess more so, what I'm even saying, what I'm even getting at, is like. Is that plus the attention span that people actually have right now, like mm, yeah. because it's so flooded, we have so much information out there, it's like, boom, you do this, and then boom, you're onto that, and then boom, you're onto that, but I think the world actually consumes its stuff the same way, and I guess that's what I meant by would Tupac survive and like would Geiger survive now, like if aliens came out today, it would be super sick, and everyone would go see it and probably next week they wouldn't be talking about it anymore. So mm-hmm. it's almost like, I wonder if right now we're actually living in the time of the generalist where the generalist actually survives a little bit better than the, the specialist, maybe.
0: Yeah. And I think the generalist has always survived a little better than the specialist, to be completely uh-huh. honest. You know, there's a, there's a quote from ghost in the shell, which is uh, a I think about it a lot when I come to this in my mind. And it's like, if you over-specialize, then you breed in weakness. And I I thought that was a really interesting, um, line from the 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 anime it's the first one and i and i always think about that too and especially because it came from a japanese culture which japanese culture that's japanese culture you know and in that line i was always shooken by it because i was like wow this is like a japanese created film japanese created everything here and it's like it's almost like this weird nod to the fact that like if you over specialize you breed in weakness and i just thought What is that? Is that some sort of like weird political statement in this, like hidden in this film? I don't know if that was the intention, but what I get when I get at it was when I think about when, you know, let's say for quick example, and I've seen this happen many times and it comes with the trends, right? So let's say I'm into CGI, for example, and I really obsess about this one program and I'm killing it at it that you're going to have a shelf life. You're going to have a shelf life. It's not going to last long and you're going to eventually that program's going to get, you know, over outdated, Um, removed or from the pipeline or whatever eventually that's just how it works and then you'll be you'll be forced to move to the next thing a lot of forced to be a generalist i don't know if it's necessary for us to always be a generalist i think there's there's a thin line when it comes to like style i think there's a whole different thing a a conversation and an argument for style and developing style without having to be a generalist but Yeah. I don't know. This is great though. This is good to talk about because it's people that are listening to this are probably facing the same quorum, you know, the same issue. Like they have a style, but they know that they're going to get a job if they become a generalist, you know? Right. And I think that's, I think what we're talking about is the, is the industry um, forcing and moving and shifting and evolving artists in a way that's more rapid than the past, you know? And I don't know if it's healthier good or bad and that's probably just because I'm getting older
1: <laughs> yeah I mean you use that word healthy and it's like that's that's the, like the, the key word that I'm always thinking to myself too it's like when you're young you start out and you're like I want to do this art thing and you, you start doing it and 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 you know you sort of mold yourself to fit in uh into the industry um, and then as time progresses you're like, yes, I'm doing it. And then after that, you're like, oh, I'm doing it. What next? <laughs> <laughs> one foot in, like somebody, one foot out. Told me, right. Someone told me they were like, man, be careful what you wish for. And like, yep. I think that's Carl Dovsky said that. And it's, it's, I never thought about it that way. But now that I'm, you know, a little bit more seasoned, I'm like, oh man, like, now I'm in this life, and now, what do I do now? Yeah, <laughs> I, I don't know that sounds like a really morbid way to say it, but it's no, 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 you know
0: you're living in it, you're doing it every day obsessively, as any you know true artist would do, you know I think that comes with the territory, those kind of. Um, it's not a doubt, but it's like, a, you know A questioning of what it is you're doing And why you're doing it And as you evolve as an artist, there's different steps I call it the infinity ladder Every day you sit, you sit there and you push forward And you cl- you, cry, you climb one more rung of the ladder The infinity ladder There's no ending to it I, call, I do the same thing with jiu Like I go in there, I get smashed I smash people And it's just slightly better Than the last time or it's slightly worse, but it's never like, whoa, you know, (laughs) sometimes you have those revelations, right? And you get those big moments, like, you know, sitting there and looking at your art published in the book that's been spread around the world, representing a project that you're quite proud of. Those are special moments. Those are memories. Um, But I think that there's also these, you know, very unique uh, experiences as an artist, as you evolve through the process, it's like almost when you get to a certain point, I feel like, if I were to relate it to jujitsu, because I do oftentimes, because it's part of my life, it's like um, I'm not sure if you're familiar with like how the, black, the 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 belt system works. It's quite ingenious actually, and it, that's what makes it so unique, I think. And I would like to see a way to merge this into art because I think it's fascinating. Do You know about the belt system how it works? Um,
1: loosely, but not really.
0: Go ahead. So really quickly, so there's you start off um, when you come into rolling your white belt, your clean, pure, like just there's nothing to you. You're just white, white belt, you know, and then as you evolve, you go into, um, you become a blue belt. If you, if you continue at it and then a purple belt, which is where I'm at now, then you have a brown belt and then you have a black belt. The, the guy, the idea is to go from a spectrum, you know, and to go from white to black and then the spectrum of, you know, progress basically. And so as you go and develop yourself through these different processes you go through in different experiences, you know, and my, my, uh, my coach Gio is always telling me cause I I'm struggling now. I feel like I'm plateauing. He's like, you know, Ash, like purple belt is the hardest belt because you you, the higher you go, the harder it gets and the smaller the increment of progress is, you know? And so I'm yeah. saying this as a relation to art itself is the higher you go in your art career, the harder it is. And this the the slider, the the progress is much slider unless you take massive risks, you know, and you right. start like just going bonkers and going, fucking, I'm going to start finger painting or like, you know, like right now I'm, I'm doing like photography, like I'm doing it because it's important to be creative and stimulating that part of me, you know. Um, but I think that's just it comes to the territory. But what I'm getting at is the higher up you go, the harder it is. It's harder to see the progress. And it's also just harder in general, just because I feel like. You know, look at guys like one of our mentors is Otomo, you know, like I've seen his other work and it's, it's beautiful and amazing. But the thing that's difficult for him is he's always going to live under the shadow of his masterpiece. You know what I mean? And, and that to me, that's one of the hardest things right there. You know, beyond all the craft, once you master and all that stuff, it's, 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 it's the bigger idea, the bigger picture, the impact, what you leave behind, what you live with. Um, how you yeah. with that that's some big, someone that's cool. actually
1: mentioned once to me that it's uh, it's cyclical it's um mm-hmm. yeah good word it's for it. like it's like if you take a slinky and look at it from the top mm-hmm. like that's what it looks like to you you just you just see this never-ending circle hmm. but then at some point you know someone takes it and looks at it from the side and it's this cool like little little ladder kind of thing that's you know three feet tall or 20 feet taller, however tall you've climbed with that ladder even though you don't really see it in yourself sometimes i actually don't even realize it myself like and i'm not this isn't me saying oh i'm so awesome but just thinking about where i've come from um after black panther came out um you know cuz i always feel like i'm i'm sort of like underdog always kind of like struggling like trying to figure out where i can get in next like hey can you can you let me you know try to do this or that or that <laughs> you know you always feel like you're like fighting and scraping for like a little piece to shine or something like that yeah. and then when black panther came out it was the most interesting thing in the world my sister called me and she was like marco streetports going crazy i'm like what do you mean she's like they're going crazy man you you should be here to like see it I'm like well what do you mean and she's like she basically told me that everybody back at home that day, they were, and she, she actually pointed me to this internet page. Uh, it was Facebook, but it's someone's Facebook page, like a news page or something like that, where someone mentioned. And it was all, it's literally everyone that I have ever met in the city of Shreveport all posting to this thing being like i remember him he drew me this thing when i was in third grade oh, this, awesome. what he drew you that? he drew my mom when i was in second grade and just all of this <laughs> stuff and people were like yo i know that dude that dude was crazy man he a genius like it's just all he's <laughs> crazy, crazy like
0: dude.
1: dude it's in it's in it was insane i've never felt anything like that before was so it, what
0: was the feeling was it what, what what was the the if you could put it to words what was that feeling you had
1: one, like disbelief. Sure. I, I mean, disbelief is a hard word because it's, it's not that I didn't believe it. It was just, I mean, I was just at home, you know, sitting in my living room and like kind of just pacing back and forth, thinking about stuff. And it was happening, I i guess, like as my sister explained it, you know, it was all this stuff that was happening, all these people. And then, you know, all the comments were flooding in on, on Facebook. And I think I must have got like 100 requests or 200 requests a bunch of, so many emails i couldn't even answer to them and it just like i don't know i was trying to think about what i was making for breakfast <laughs> like, I, it's it's like it's something you can't really comprehend because again like i all you see is the top of the slinky which is just a circle and i'm just like i'm i don't know you, you yeah. it's interesting it's it's an indescribable is feeling
0: pride? is there pride in there Yes, a little bit. <laughs> Dude, I don't know why it's. I mean, it's a bad thing to admit that there's pride in there. You should be. Well, proud it wasn't.
1: That. It wasn't that there was a lack of pride. It's that the weirdest things happened to me after the movie, and this is really weird because I haven't even talked about it yet, except for like one little spot where I may have like alluded to it. Mm-hmm. But here I was with this super, super sense of pride, this amazing sense of pride and joy, and at the same time. Two clerical errors really screwed me up. I don't know. Can you curse on here? Yeah, you can say whatever the fuck (laughs) you want. I was so fucking pissed. There you go. (laughs) So in the book, in the actual book, they accidentally credited my pieces of work to someone else. Ah, yeah, that sucks. And that's printed. It's printed. It's out there. It's gone. They've already done all the prints. It's not going to happen again. And through some other clerical error, in the credits- they accidentally left out a lot of people from the studio that I worked for and double credited some other people. Like there's some people whose names appear like twice in the credits. It's mm-hmm. clear that it was like an accident, like some someone somewhere made some goofs. Yeah, but, emails.
0: Yeah, yeah. Email
1: or something, yeah. So here's this massive project that my name is, like, scrubbed from, even though, you know, it's very obvious that I was there, it's on my IMDb page and everything. So, for me, that's what I was dealing with at the time, because everyone who would congratulate me, there would also be, like, I got the book, I got the book, I don't see your name, where is it? It's like, fuck, are you kidding me right now? (laughs) Here it is, this, like, historic piece of history, and for me, also, like, a historic thing for me, and, like, it's the actual writing of my name just isn't there and it's it's heartbreaking so that's why i don't talk about it too much because it's like it's so so awesome but also much more heartbreaking
0: this is actually um i mean that that sucks that really does it's a bummer and it's like it happens way more than it should um Mache's name was misspelled in ghost in a shell and he did huge amount of work for ghost in a shell massive and his name was misspelled in the book they misspelled him i think and in the film i think i don't know if the book is actually maybe the book is right but in the film credits his his name is misspelled it's because he has a crazy name you know yeah, yeah it's, a, <laughs> it's very polish and it's very different it's hard to spell and to the normal person i think it's or well, it's just kind of hard to process that um so that really i mean it's i'm just saying like it's it's a shitty thing that happens um yeah and i, and I felt better
1: about it you know because i I don't, I tend to not reach out and vent, but I do reach out and I'm just like, hey, how you doing today, you know? And I hit up Carla and I was like, Carla, hey, how's it going? You know, and I, you know, we talked for a minute and, um, you know, I told her what had happened throughout the, con- like at some point in the conversation and uh, she was like, man, that really, really sucks. And at that moment I felt really bad and then she was like, man, sounds like my first 10, like five or six, I don't remember the exact number, I'm just gonna say 10. She's like, sounds like my first five or six movies that I did for, uh." Um, what was it? One of those guys, the Star Wars guys. I can't think of the ILM? name. Yeah, I- ILM. She's like, sounds like the work that I did for ILM. She's like, I wasn't even credited and I wasn't allowed to show any of the work. I can't even yeah. show it, even yeah. the work that didn't make it in. And I'm like, yeah, immediately I was like, oh shit, let me stop complaining, man. Because <laughs> <laughs> she has... Uh, and she she's hard work. she works so fast i'm sure she probably had like 80 pieces that she just can never show and yeah, her name's common. not out there and at that moment i was just like all right all right cool i'll stop being <laughs> about
0: it Let's no but on. at the same time you're 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 it's a completely valid thing and then i think this actually brings up a couple of things but i want to go back to what you said a little earlier but it's just, I mean, this is uh, something I face all the time and something that if you're listening to this and you sign a contract that says you can't share the work, then, you know, you're not doing a favor to the artist community in general. Like, I think we should do away with those things. I don't work like I've 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 dropped or left big projects because they won't they simply won't let me show the work. And I'm like, well, it's incredibly damaging to me. To not be able to share that work, I need to be able to share it as a freelancer, a working freelancer. I need to stay relevant. So if they if they really want to, then I just charge them double because it's damages basically. So, and, if, oh, and if and if they want to, if they if they feel like it's I'm worth that that price, but for the most part, you have to be willing to stand up against it. And it's it's a cause that I feel very um, adamant about and very strong about. Like we shouldn't be doing jobs that. That we shouldn't be working for people that just want to put us under their thumb. <clears throat> I don't. I don't believe in it. And I don't think it's right, and I think it's an unethical thing against the artist community. Um, and it's and it's put in a lot of contracts, and it's one thing that uh, my wife and I fight against when I work on a project and being able to share the work is incredibly important. One thing you said about when you were getting all this acclaim and and, the, and your hometown was like raving, and you had this internet noise that was positive. Uh, the thing I thought was really interesting is you're like, what do I gotta cook for dinner for breakfast? And I think that is a perfect. That's a, It's kind of funny. I don't know how it came out naturally, but I think it's perfect because as you go through your life and things, I've progressed and, and experienced is that like what you'll what you'll realize with all this stuff is a lot of it's just noise, whether it's good or bad. And what matters is just what you have in front of you and the people that you have in front of you and what you're doing in front of you. You know, like there's this like weird thing that happens and i've been watching other people and their success and their failures and stuff and then seeing them rise and fall is that um that stuff can really make or break you you know the noise can make or break you depending on how you listen to it and how you take in that input you know so it's really it's 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 a trip and i like that you're like i just need to figure out how to, what i'm going to make for breakfast because <laughs> <laughs> i think that's really you know because i mean what if you just sit online the and you're not going to eat and then you're going to be hungry and whatever and then you're gonna it's gonna be an unbalanced experience you know so but yeah Yeah,
1: and it's mostly it like yes true for me it was mostly i guess what i meant by it was that of course and also i think Sometimes when you're like striving for these things and you're reaching for these like things to check off on your checklist, there's like um, almost this misconception that even you might have. Like if I attain this, then I will attain ultimate power. Like When these things happen, like when the movie came out, yeah, it was cool. It was super cool. And like I was super happy with all of it. And I think this is also why I said there was not necessarily like too much pride it's like it came out and i didn't like grow wings and fly away like i didn't become one punch man and and now i can punch through a building it's just like (laughs) nothing changed i mean it's it's awesome like i'm sure things change like i'm pretty sure i mean i've even gotten a couple of emails being like hey are you free to work on this or
0: like you know you get you get more work you've inspired people i'm sure you know and i'm sure that helps as well that's really important right that's the most that that's
1: literally exactly what i was getting to that's Sorry, the part yeah. <laughs> that that does it for me the most it's like yeah i got a message from this guy i feel bad i haven't even responded to it yet i have to figure out how to respond to it and uh it was this this uh young person who sent me this message and and he was like you know and i responded to most things that people said and it was painstaking task like i responded to everything except this one because i'm trying to figure out how and it was this this guy who, I guess, um, this young kid and he said, um, something along the lines of, Hey Marco, um, I really, really loved your work. You're really inspiring. Uh, I love to see pictures of you like doing art, but also in the gym because I have a rare muscle disease where my muscles don't develop properly. And because of that, I can never hold a pencil, but I believe that I'm an artist and I, I, my passion is art, but I, I can't do it. Oh, so I feel like I'm living my life through you wow. and I just wanted you to know you're really inspiring and I look up to you and Whoa. I haven't I know that that's that's you the one that's the him. one that you did it I'm I going to him. I wanted to like draw a picture or paint something or something oh, I'm trying yeah. to figure out how but nah, like you'll figure it out. Just... that one was a doozy man that's it was like one.
0: wow that's a big one yeah that's so she if, said, but yeah <laughs> Dang it I had to do it. <laughs> <laughs> the timing. Yeah, the most timing. perfect timing.
1: Oh uh, no, but <laughs> that is that's gnarly. That's a, yeah, that, yeah, that I think that that's the reason right there. So like, he listens
0: to this, you know. Maybe maybe you reply to him here and to, tell him something now. And then, you know, live by just doing by helping him live vicariously through you, just do your thing. But maybe this is a good place to do it. I don't want to put you on the spot, maybe not, but um, uh
1: yeah, I mean if if he's if he's listening or if he happens to be listening which, you know, maybe I'll steer him this way. Um I yeah. see you. I heard the message. You know, I got I got the 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 mail and I'm going to respond to it in a big way. I'm just trying to figure out how. But um to him and in general like the people who say stuff like that, um I don't know. I'm a weird guy. Like anytime someone says good job, congratulations, you know, I say thank you. But whenever someone says the word inspire, to me, I always make sure to reply or send a long email or do something nice because to me, inspiration is the highest compliment. When mm-hmm. someone says you inspire me, that is the best thanks that I feel an artist can get. As pats are great, pats on the back are great, but I don't know. There's just something about that word inspiring that's just on a whole different level. So it's not. I'm not going to say that like the pat on the back, the pats on the back or whatever are invisible to me because they're not. I, I appreciate them and I love them. I'm, I'm very thankful to be in a spot where I can get those. But to him and anyone else out there that I happen to be inspiring, those people should know that even among all of the successes and failures, mostly failures, like you said, all of the noise that really can like break the career, and there have been moments in my career where I've been like, man, I don't know how I can continue after this particular thing happening. Numerous times there have been that, where I've I've just been like, man, maybe I just won't do anything today like art-wise. I hear that in my head, and then it's like I get reinvigorated, it's like, okay, Somebody out there is like looking for me to do something in a big way. So, like, shake off all of the bullshit, shake off anything that anyone has said that, like, hurt my feelings or whatever, or just any, like, shake off all of that. The million, however many, I don't know, derogatory or whatever remarks or whatever don't even matter because of the one you inspired me. So, mm. anyone who's ever said that to me, anyone who sent that email, that guy especially, thanks.
0: Hmm. Beautiful. all right so <laughs> that's great man no it's it's coming from the heart too i can tell it and i and i'm sure he appreciates that too and all the people that give you praise and are fans of yours that follow you and are inspired by you i think that's i agree i I think that is the the highest compliment you can receive as a, as an artist and it comes in the most humblest forms and you have to really look at it and enjoy it i think that's really the, the key and experience it because yeah it, it's it's a fleeting thing Um, and that's interesting that that's the fuel for you too. I'm sure it's not the only fuel, but that's, it's a good one because genuine, honest, um, appreciation from those that enjoy your work will get you through the shitty times, which as we know, uh, you have to embrace the suck of it all (laughs) because there's a lot of it, but it's also very subjective, you know? So, and how you look at it and, you know, there's a thing that I always go, it could always be it could always be worse. And then I go, it could always be better, <laughs> you know, <laughs> in my head, because it's very true, you know, like, um, cause I used to say that all the time, like it could always be better or it could always be worse, you know, to humble myself. But then I go, well, it could also always be better. So it depends on your outlook and how you perceive your own reality and the reality in which you make. And I think that's really the the trick here. Man, um, it's
1: really, really interesting that you even said that too, because, um, I think that, that that sweet spot that you just mentioned that it could always be worse. It could always be better. Mm. I think that sweet spot is right. Where truly successful artists, at least that I look up to really, really live like that's the zone you live in. I've, you know, I've I've talked to some people before, you know, I've worked at a couple of jobs that I've, um, interestingly enough have had the courage to walk out of, Mm. even though they may have been really, really good jobs. Uh, You know sometimes the people there that are working on whatever they're working on are kind of miserable you know not saying that if you're working on a job you're miserable i'm saying i've talked to some people who are doing stuff and they don't really even kind of want to get better and they're kind of miserable and you talk to them and it's like man this has got to stop and then that same person is like well i could be working at mcdonald's and That always rubs me the wrong way because it Mm. seems like they have too much of one side of that equation where it's like, this is fine. I could be at McDonald's and, you know, I'm doing fine. I'm not, you know, whatever. I'm just going to take this because I could be at McDonald's. And that always makes me think, like, yeah, but it could also be better as well. Just like you said, right? Like, I think you need to possess both of those things in order to sort of Hmm. blaze any kind of trail. You have to be able to understand. Yes, I'm very blessed. I'm very, you know, fortunate, but I also have a lot of work to do. Yes, exactly. And that's the sweet spot.
0: You have to listen to those voices simultaneously at the same time. It's almost like tapping your head and doing a circle on your stomach. You know, I'm doing it right now. Like, you know, you have to do this simultaneously (laughs) at all times every day um, as you go through the journey of making things and being a, a true creative that. You know, at, at a high level, not everybody has it or wants it or cares to. I don't blame people that don't want to have that kind of lifestyle. It's it's it's, you know, we're t- we were talking about Ugly Delicious, a show that's on Netflix with uh, David, David Chang, and he's awesome. And he mentioned it kind of, I don't know, I f- forget which episode I binged them. So they all kind of blended together. we <laughs> were talking about this morning. I'm like, wait, what happened there? I don't even remember. I thought all of them blended as one episode for me. So happens when you binge. Um, and it's also on the topic of food, which in, the, in all the food kind of like blends together in my mind. Um, but there was this moment where he's talking with this other artist, another a chef, and he was saying like how he, uh, you can't. Oh, he was talking with the it was it was the he was at a Korean barbecue place. And he was talking with a, um, um, an actress and he was saying that if, if he doesn't feel a day like if he doesn't have that feeling of doubt or um the oh, I'm literally just watching that right now. He oh, said um
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah th- he he said um if you don't if you're not a little bit nauseous every yes. time you wake up to yeah. do this, if you're not like sweating bullets, then like you're you're fucked basically.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, you you become complacent and the problem with that though is your quality of life is you're always constantly like fight or flight in the stress mode and that's a really unhealthy way to live life and that's where I feel like a lot of things like The cancer and these like, you know, it's not good, you know? So for me, it's, 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 I'm always constantly fighting that, like, you know, where is my balance? Because I definitely don't want to constantly, like, it's exhausting to, to, to feel and live like that, you know, to constantly be on the edge. And I have been for the past seven or eight years now working in the industry, just pushing myself, but I feel like the, 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 the more seasoned you get with it, the more you can control the ebbs and flows of that. But I'm always insecure about the fact that if I'm enjoying myself, if I'm not doing it right, (laughs) you know, it's this weird insecurity that happens. But I but I I will be like I will be honest. I'm trying so many different things and I'm learning so many different things from screenwriting to photography to um, CGI, all these things. And there's as a as a multitude of things, it's not just one practice that I'm focusing on. So it it comes with the, the territory, I think, which is, you know so
1: now really really quick where are you learning your screenwriting from man because i'm actually i i'm in a spot now where i got to figure out how to make my next steps to grow too you know like i love the pencil and i love uh all of you know the way that i paint but you know i'm looking to branch out too i like i said i i think with me like i i was trying so hard to get into games Mm. that i got there and um you know i was burning the the candle at both ends you know i was doing that and then i was doing like cards and then i was doing uh advanced photoshop magazine like i always made sure i had a project that i was working on um but like i don't know now i am like i think we both talked about this last time like i'm yeah. i am looking to like have my own property and stuff and i just feel like there's even with everything i've learned there's still so much more i, have. Oh. I gotta learn how to write man like you know nothing the
0: more you I know read, the more you know nothing yeah
1: I read this passage once and I don't even remember who it was by, but this dude was like, man, he was." I know he's a really, really acclaimed writer. What's the, Who's the guy who writes Sandman? I know he's like really, really good. Oh, I yes, can't yes, remember his yes. name. Uh,
0: I forget his name. Sam Keith? No. It Sam Keith? No. Sam
1: that sounds right. it's so, so, Something like that. Anyway, we'll Google we'll it, it or it something. Right but
0: yeah.
1: I um, think he had this quote where he- Neil Gaiman. Uh, yeah, Neil, Neil Gaiman. That's yeah, it. Yeah, right. I mean, yeah. <laughs> <Gaiman>. <laughs> that's gaiman? something else uh yes neil gaiman um i think it's gaiman maybe i'm wrong shit g-a-i-m-a-n i don't know yeah yeah I, maybe maybe um so he said something he said it's always interesting when artists decide to become like book writers because they spend their entire life learning how to write i mean learning how to to paint you probably see where i'm going with it now but they spend their entire life learning how to like paint and like draw and then they're like all right i gotta make a book now I could pick up writing over the weekend. It's easy. No, it's it's totally the opposite. It's It's so crazy.
0: Yeah. It's a, it's a muscle, you know, and like you never, the thing is I've just, I hit an epiphany a couple weeks ago or actually maybe it was just a week ago. I realized that there's, I think it hit me when like Netflix said, Hey, we just dropped 135 shows last week. And I went, what the fuck? They went, what the What? (laughs) I can't keep up with this. And then I thought to myself, it all hit me really hard. And I thought, There's so much knowledge out there. There's so much uh, exchange of ideas and and, and energy and books and and information that I simply will not, cannot learn it all. It's just not possible. And the moment that I accepted that was the moment I was able to breathe. And then I went, okay, so what can I learn and what do I want to learn? So That leads me to the beginning of what I think I'm going to kind of segue in. The way that I learned how to write, it's the same way that I learn how to draw and it comes from what inspires me by other human beings basically that create things. So same as you Otomo and things like that, you know, like, and so what I do now is I, I watch films that before I was really studying films, films that move in me and, and would mm-hmm. inspire me. And I would, I'll sit there and I'll watch the film and then I'll find the script and then I'll read the script and I'll break down like how and why they're doing certain things and why, like why it clicked with me basically i'm reverse engineering that's the way i learn, though i don't necessarily um i mean it could be a complete fault or an error on my behalf but i don't go to the idea of like okay i'm gonna like go to like this workshop and like learn this i'm sure there's ways to do it i'm sure there's formulas but i think really great writing really great storytelling comes from gut instinct and like like the going down to that primordial self of like really extracting core things and, and figuring out the way to do it and so i think that's that's really the way that i do it is reverse engineering based on the things that i'm interested in you know
1: that's right, the best interesting. way that's at least yeah, that's for a,
0: me, at least yeah
1: that's a definitely a good way to think about it too because i i think that's something that i kind of realized i was you know i was i remember i was speaking to someone recently and we were sharing like all of our favorite movies or actually that's something that i'm okay fuck it i'll 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 open up all right so like i've been dating lately (laughs) okay all right all right and it's so funny because you know we have all these different people that you you date or whatever and um a lot of people seem to just like want to go out and like let's go drinking or whatever and it's like i don't really want to necessarily do that well i don't have anything against it like i like a good party as much as the next guy um but like my favorite thing to do is really get together with someone and sort of share our musical taste or Mm -hmm. like watch movies and compare movies back and forth. And what I always end up finding is that at least in the the people that I've been talking to, they may have like one or two movies and then they don't even know why they like it. And then I have all these movies where I'm like, look at the writing here. And like I find myself like pausing the movie halfway through and then mm-hmm. repeating something that was said and like trying to explain mm-hmm. the 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 importance of what it was said and like how it how they drew parallels to it and like what it I, what it makes me identify with. And that's when I realized, like, I think I can be a great writer because I do yes. feel like I have the taste, right? Yes, yes. I just have to figure out the mechanism. How?
0: Yeah. 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 It's almost like, you know, if you look at it from a newbie of art, it's like you can appreciate art. You know what makes good art because you, you, you have your taste of what you like Now you're on that huge quest of understanding how to use the pencil, how to use the pen, how to, what's dynamic anatomy, perspective. That's what I'm saying. Those are the things that are important to learn. And I think perhaps like a workshop on that might be good. There's a, um, I haven't gone through it, so I can't really completely recommend it, but there's a masterclass on writing, screenwriting. Um, I forget from the guy's name, but um, I heard that's really good. And I would say that's a rapid way to get like, you know, like you know you take the time machine and you rapidly jump into it rather than a book there's a couple i have a book called invisible ink which i'd highly recommend to you or anybody that's interested in reading or in writing there's another book i'd highly recommend uh, from stephen king it's called stephen king on writing i think it is oh nice that's another really good one um the reason why i read that one and i recommend it is because it's not about like how he writes and all that stuff it's a matter of like him explaining his ebbs and flows and his like his progress because there's not many writers out there that you can even touch his the way how fast he's like an Otomo of the writing world you know like he's just rapid he's a savage beast and and a lot of that just comes down to me being like in awe of his discipline you know but he has a he has a flow that he does every day and that's kind of what adds up to it and he's building a wall basically um but it's obvious that he enjoys his work I don't know I'm not sure if you're a Stephen King fan but um, oh yeah yeah I mean he's got some incredible stuff out there and it's something that It's just pop culture gold basically. Um, But yeah, I would say like those two books have really been a a high influence for me creatively. Um, And I, but I think you're right. I think you have taste, you know, at something I've told my daughter, she's very picky at certain things about eating food. And I say, you know, it's a good thing and a bad thing. The good thing is that you have taste. The bad thing is you don't know how to cook. So you got to figure out how to cook the things that you want. And you have to be healthy because you just eat junk all the time. You know, if I don't teach her how (laughs) to, to cook good, but It's 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 a positive that I managed to take out of the negative, which is like used to be like insulting me like, what you don't like this food I cooked. What the heck? But at the same time, I go, oh, okay, I think what it is is she has a unique taste, you know, and I think that's what you're going through now is you have a unique taste and you're trying to find that in a partner as well, which is very smart. And it's not just like surface level. Let's go party. And when I'm physically attracted to you. It's like, let's talk about things beyond this realm of reality and what's deeper into it. And if you resonate and those things connect with you, then you are a writer, I think, or you are an artist. And it's a matter of now crafting what motivates you. And what you're probably going to end up doing eventually is you're going to take all the bits and pieces of things that you love and admire, and you're just going to put them all together, and that's going to become your property. And people are going to love that because it's going to be a nice like culmination of of all your influences which is then eventually going to become your own self you know which is so cool you know that's at least the way i look at it i could be wrong no man
1: and that was like extremely helpful too because as you're saying that i'm looking around at all this stuff that i've collected like one day this is going to help me and you know i've 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 sort of i don't want to say abandon it but I, i have all these things and these influences that i surround myself with and it's like I'm probably never going to use this stuff, but the truth is, is I guess I'm using a little bit of it every single day. So yeah, Yeah. I guess you're right. Whether you know
0: it or not, you know, it's like, I just released this like piece of art. Somebody was like, Oh, were you inspired by this one thing? And I was like, you know what? Probably subconsciously it was probably there. You know, I wouldn't, I didn't even think about that. Sometimes that's one of the most annoying things that I get online. I don't know if (laughs) if you experienced that too. It's cool. It reminds me of this thing. I'm like, Oh, fuck off, man. Like I don't, like I'm trying to be my own unique self. This is something I wanted to talk to you about too, because I'm always yes. curious about how other artists react to negative comments and feedback and the internet stuff, and also like how um, how you kind of navigate that. You know how you navigate. Um, I feel like as I feel like artists are so hard on other artists. Like it's oh it's, yeah, it's definitely. so savage. And like you, you, when you're successful, people are like. Oh, good for you and your face. And then behind me, you go, that fucking guy sucks. You know, or I know, like to
1: your face, they're like, I know that guy. And then after that, they're like, you know what? I know a story or two about that guy. Yeah, no, So it's, yeah. it's super interesting because you just asked that. And literally, that was just put into perspective by, again, this freaking show, cooking show, Ugly yes. Delicious. Yes. He sort Parallels. of touched on that in a, a roundabout way. But I don't think he was trying to touch on that. It's just how I unraveled it, unpackaged that information. Yep. And it became what I got from it. He was saying in one of his episodes, I think it was the first one, he said, um, good cooking. It's about the food, of course, and it's about the taste and everything, but it's also not about that. It's about when someone tastes your dish, you want them to remember a good time in their life. You want them to remember the smell from their mom's kitchen, or you want them to remember a time when you know their mom cooked for them and it made them really at peace. So in that light-
0: That's a high level.
1: Right. In that light, I think it's, for me, it doesn't bother me anymore, at least, when someone says, oh, your work reminds me of this. Because hmm. if it's reminding them of something that they found joy in, I'm cool with that. That's like, a good way of looking at it. I like people. That dude it's it's only because people draw so many different parallels like i've been told i look my work looks like so many so like so many different broad ends of the spectrum like people see it and they're like i've been someone said uh one that i do agree with um someone's like oh your line work and your pencil work is sort of like um it reminds me of mobius yeah and at the time it's so interesting at the time i didn't know who mobius was Uh when that was great
0: yeah that's cool that you didn't know too that's even better
1: dude i mean you know me when I'm you saw his work you were like whoa what the?" i fuck? was yeah. i was like i was thrust into this era where i was just like oh i gotta make as much of this stuff as i can oh, and then yeah, i would look me. to his stuff and it was like dude this stuff th- this dude like we would have been sure friends
0: oh yeah you guys have been mummies. <laughs> we all would have been because he's amazing yeah, yeah he, was, he was like uh. us in the older body <laughs> it's crazy it
1: is yeah. crazy he and he died like i think one right when i found out about Mo- mobius Moebius. i don't know if that's how you pronounce yeah, it Moses, he had guess, just yeah. he, had, he just died recently right uh he died
0: four years ago i think
1: yeah i think that's when Jean, i found out Jean about
0: junji yep
1: that's yeah. when i found out about his work i mean obviously I, I had probably in a roundabout way seen his jimi hendrix stuff for the stuff he did for heavy metal but i sure. didn't really know who he was
0: um okay. but yeah so I love those days where you would see and David, bring this up. There's a lot of parallels to the show and what we talk about and art in general. I highly suggest you guys watching it. Um, ugly, delicious. And also like chef's table, they're all kind of close and and Very, very similar, but yeah, sorry to cut you off, but I was just going to make a quick point. I lost it. Damn it. Uh, (laughs) go ahead, go ahead.
1: (laughs) All right. So the next question you asked was, Oh dude, I get it. I think the next question you asked was, um, negative how do we respond to the negative comments and whatnot yes. right yeah, yeah so i think that one thing that's helped me is that i always have had this approach that um so when i went to the school the atelier um carl dobsky was one of my teachers loving to death one of the coolest freaking dudes you'll ever meet in my opinion amazing and just has this profound way of thinking about stuff And I think one of the things that resonated with him for me was that I never sort of shied away from having to do work. Work ethic was huge. And I'm gonna get back to the point because this does talk about the point, but Mm. uh, work ethic was huge for me. So he would say something, um, we would, Draw these pictures or whatever, and you know I could see him critiquing other people, and some people would be like, "Fuck, man, goddamn it," and he would critique me, and I'd be like, "All right, well, I'll start over." Hmm. And every time I did, he would be like, his kind of eyebrow would raise, and then. One day he asked me, he's like, "Dude, you never like get upset about anything that I say art wise or anything anybody else says art wise, and then you just kind of do it. What's the deal? Like, how how are you that cool?" And then I told him, I was like, "If shit's got to change, shit's got to change," and that's just always been my way of approaching it. So Mm -hmm. I take that and I couple it with something that Jason Manley said one time, where he was, you know, we were in portrait class and um, we were drawing these, trying to get these likenesses of these people. and he, I don't remember exactly, like Jason's kind of known for going on these tirades <laughs> and <laughs> good or bad, however you perceive it. Um, but he, he was railing on somebody and he's like, that's the thing about art. If you're drawing a fucking portrait, a four fucking four-year-old could come up to you and you know, it doesn't matter how much time you spent on it. If it looks like the person, the four-year-old's gonna say it looks like him. And if it doesn't fucking look like him, four-year-old's gonna say it doesn't fucking look like him. And to me- <laughs> I take those two things. It's like, okay, well, if you got to change shit, you got to change it. And if something looks right, it looks right. And if it doesn't, it doesn't. Yeah. So I take that when I am reading the comments. Mm. If someone says something really negative or whatever, it tends to. What they say doesn't bother me. The person might bother me. The delivery of the information, like he, I might think that that guy's a fucking clown. Like I, I'm, gonna be honest, I might go to his page and be like, "What the fuck is this? What the fuck is this guy? I don't know this, this fucking. Get out of here!" But I'll always remember what he said. Like if he says, "Dude, your hands are like you draw the you draw the fucking," usually the way that they send the information is shitty. It's like, "Why are you gonna give me these midget hands?" And it's like, oh, it's the mo- Get the fuck out of here!" But you know, I might block the dude or like get rid of him or just delete the comment. But I am then conscious, like okay. Let me check yes, this out. Let me see yes. if he's got validity to what he's saying. Now, <laughs> <I love it. laughs> my view, I grew up with a little bit of a different upbringing than some people. In that, I am an African American, so I've had pretty much every insult lobbed at me <laughs> mm, so you have in thick the book. Skin, then, yeah, I got kind of thick skin with that, and mm. it. So that to me, the, the, the combination armor. of those things, right? The combination of those things, like. It, it, I try not to let it bother me too much. Like, you know, there are people that are going to like your work and there's people that are not going to like it. And it's, you know, sometimes I have to give critiques to students and I feel like I try to package the information as lovingly as possible. Yeah. It's, and try to give good feedback. Yeah. Um, And even then, there are some people who are going to be absolutely just devastated.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, so, I think the, because a lot of it is is our when we make something, our effort isn't to be like, let's make something for people to hate or be pissed about it's never the intention well at least for me it isn't i i make things for a for number one i make them for myself and i do personal stuff it's just i've i've been insulted i've been i've been critiqued about that from like people like don't make stuff for yourself but i can only make things for myself that i because that's who i am yeah. um and that's how i will always be i don't see how i would never not do that because it's just i know what i like you know so right Um, And
1: that's what they pay you
0: for, believe it or not.
1: I mean, they want you to make it look like what they want. But at the same time, they are asking for your opinion on it. They're asking for your brand of opinion about it. Uh, To touch on your other question of um, people in the community being some of the, you know, (laughs) hardest critics to please. Oh, man. uh, it's, It's very true. And you know what? That actually sort of drove me away from art for a while yeah me too albeit a short while but you know i was making all this stuff and i just felt like god damn it i'm i could post a piece and it's never going to be a jamie jones and it's never going to be a kekai kataki it's never going to be all of these things and then i spoke to uh a really good friend of mine uh, named winona nelson noni a lot of people know her by Mm -hmm. and we had this conversation because we both went to the atelier together so she knows me as a person um you know, I talked to her and I was like, you know, I just, I might just, I might just quit, you know, mm-hmm. like screw it. And she imparted this small morsel of knowledge that really helped me get through the next four years. And she said, um, you know, you can you have to stop trying to make art for the other people in the art community. You can, mm-hmm. and you might get lucky, be a James Jean or something, but you should really only be creating art for your 14 year old inner self. Something mm-hmm. that when you were 14 you would look at now and be like, God damn it, that's cool. That's the coolest thing I've ever seen. Yes. So that's that to me has sort of brought me back to the art community. I subscribe to
0: that. I subscribe to that.
1: Yeah, I can tell. You know, that's that's true. Like I don't know. It's to me I it's, agree, it's kind agree. of the only way to go. Because it's so it's too. really yeah. it's really weird what's happening in our community, especially, because it's it, it breaks my heart. Like I'll see someone and I'll love their art. And then I'll tell someone else like, yo, have you seen this? And they'll be like, oh, man, that fucking guy, let me tell you what he did on Saturday of the 26th of 1988. (laughs) Like, I don't care. I don't care. Like, I mean, I do, you know, you want to be conscious and and make sure, you know, not to subscribe to something that's too, you know, whatever. But also, I think that the artwork that the person creates whenever they're going through whatever they're going through is it it informs the artwork. Like, you're getting that person's point of view whether you like it or not. So, in such, um, you know, I think that, I I wish we would take that into into our community because I don't know if it's just a a bunch of people that are scraping for jobs because it's so competitive. Yeah, it is. Um, And they get together. It's
0: oversaturated, very competitive, oversaturated. Right. And it's all like weird, transparent internet interactions for the most part. Which aren't real complete human interactions. They're like they feel like they might be, but they're really like twenty percent of the experience, you know, of being a human. It really is. It's not the internet is just like a band-aid to a bigger idea, I think. You know?
1: Yeah. It's it's important to, you know, attach yourself to a community, but be sure not to become part of the coven, I guess, I'll yeah. say.
0: And I think that's uh you know, you mentioned James Jean and, and like I can't imagine the pressure he must have sitting down to draw. I hope that he doesn't. I hope he. I, th- I think maybe he'd probably just. Hopefully, he just sits down and draws. And the pressure, though, I can't imagine. It's almost like you. You've made. He's made his own like bomb that he sits under, you know what I mean? It's kind of interesting. And, and, and I think there's an interesting internal struggle for all creatives, you know, like, I don't know him personally, but I mean, I'm a huge fan of his work, but yeah, he's one of those people that's a complete trendsetter and, and and I feel that same thing, you know, when I would do like my lost boy stuff or my drawings, I'd be like, wow, like it'd be so cool to be able to draw like this person or like that. And then you see other artists that do that temptation and then they end up just, um, aping another artist style to get that quick fame, but it dies out quickly because they don't have that internal drive to feed that 14 year old. Like, and I think that's the best advice she could have given you because you are trying to feed that one. And I, and I remember it was, I had a podcast with uh, Peter Chung, who's a creator of uh, Aeon flux. And I had talked about what, the reason why I make my art is because I'd make it because I want to make, you know, <laughs> it's like I'm feeding that internal kid. And he, and he said something I thought I was like, wow, this is like it really shook me up because he was like, no, you shouldn't be making work for yourself. You make that for others. And I was like. That's so weird. Like I don't even know how to even do that because I don't know what other people want. <laughs> well,
1: it's a it's a balance in between the two. And I think sure, you're sure. right, and I think that he's right. But I yeah, think that yeah. the, the you know the answer lies somewhere in the middle. You are making it for yourself, but you your see, okay, this is where it gets so cool. You've sent me food pictures recently, yeah. and they're amazing. You're <laughs> an amazing cook, right? So I think we make art for ourselves, but we also like to share. We like yes. to cook for people. Good so point. you're cooking the meal because you love, like you're you're kicking these flavors up that you like to taste, and then you invite people into your home and then you give it to them, right? Yeah, that's, a that's good what point. I think. That's where art is. Like you're creating it for yourself to be excited and be amazed, but also, you know, we want to share it with people. We're exhibitionists in a kind of way. Like we we want to put it out there and we want for it to be uh, received. I I know this because like. You know, I kind of disappeared over the last year just to do some soul searching and and self betterment, and um, I created a lot of work in that time. Like, there's a lot of sketchbooks that I filled up, hmm. and I didn't show it to with anyone. You know, hmm. and it's like, how do you feel about that? That's that's the point. That's the part where I felt like, man, I, I, I really I love doing art, but I also like to share. I hmm. love to share, and you know, I've created. That's why I did performance. That's why I did violin. Like that's why you do those things. So, mm. you know, I think it, it's somewhere in the middle. It's like definitely that. somewhere. In the middle. You're
0: right. I think it is in the middle, most like anything. <laughs> it's always like right there in the center and uh, very little in life is ever on the hotter cold sides right there in that nice lukewarm spot. But it's, and it is so hard to navigate these things, you know, trying to be a high level creative or a high level just person in general. Um, you know, I look at it like, I've been working on the regimens basically. And I look at Olympic athletes and their regimen and, and studying that kind of stuff and, and putting that into art because oftentimes I would hear like, oh, you know, the starving artists, like I don't subscribe to that. I think that's just due to like a bad stereotype. And it's also bad due to just people not being informed on how to proceed and, and to manage their their time and stuff. And so that was always a big fear of mine and growing up. And I didn't want that. So I ended up just trying to be an Olympic athlete at it, you know, at art basically. And then that approach of just like grinding and sitting there. I remember watching documentaries on Lance Armstrong like when he was really in the thick of it and just looking at his drive and focus. Yeah. Okay. The steroid thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whatever. Like, I don't even care about that shit. Cause it's no matter what you say, that dude still did things that like nobody could do. <laughs> it's like, yeah. And everybody else that he was competing against, we're on roids. So shut the fuck up. <laughs> it's like, it's, it's, it's yeah. really interesting. Cause I
1: literally just watched that a few days ago. Oh, and yeah. what, which I, one, uh, there's one that they just put on Netflix where they're talking about something called The Lie or something like that. It's uh, so
0: weird. It's so fucked that that's what he's going to be remembered for. It is fucked. Dude, he what, He raised so much money for, like, great causes and stuff. And, like, Bill Burr has a great skit on that. Bill Burr is freaking hilarious. And he had a skit about, like, how how fucked it is that people, like, he's he, like, I don't care. Like, yeah, let him use roids. If everybody else is, I don't give a shit. That's his choice. Like, if that's what he needs to do and, and, and to succeed, to, to succeed, that's how the, the sport shapes, you know, like, and for people to sit back and then all these people that are judging him and like the people that are like, you know, oh, and then it's like, okay, well, would you give the money back? how about you give the money back that you did? Like, of course they're not going to give the money back that he, that he raised for them and the causes that he said. I don't know. It's just like, I get yeah. it. It's, I get well, it. It's, it's, it's not right totally um right. when it's in the competitive realm but the thing is everybody that was he was competing against were all juicing as well so it's like uh, <laughs> i think what yeah. it
1: boils down to is that i i really see i'd like to i spend a lot of time alone <laughs> <laughs> but when i'm alone and i'm thinking about these things sure. like i do have a lot of time to like hear my own thoughts and i think what's in what's important about lance armstrong is that he represents what i believe is the beginning of I don't want to say it's the beginning of the information age, but it's the beginning of an information age in which, or it's the beginning of a part of the information age that bred what's now known as cancel culture Mm. at some point. So we always say these things, for example, we say like, man, Michael Jackson was the last great dancer or so and so was the last great this or all of our greats are dying. Mm. It's not that they're dying. It's that the people who we actually allow to rise to a level of greatness will never have another one because of how much we actually know now. Mm. Lance was just Michael Jackson, right? Like Michael Jackson leaned forward on stage one day and everybody thought he was magic. And then later they were like, well, he had these hooks in the floor and now he's a little bit less magic. And then they dig into his private life and they find what what he may have done or not done. Who knows? It's the great mystery. But then he's even less famous.
0: Right. Yeah. It's like. Well, more famous, but in a, wor- in a worse way. Yeah, yeah. Infamous. Yeah.
1: Lance did lie. But at the same time. I've seen people use steroids before and I've seen people use steroids and just Maybe sit at home and get fat
0: too. I hate it. Yeah. When people act like they've never lied before. It's like, shut the fuck up. Like, <laughs> well,
1: the point that I'm getting at, cause I don't want to get into like ethics or anything, but the sure. point I'm getting at let's though is it. like, let's do it. We don't allow, <laughs> <laughs> we, I think that we don't allow people to, to, to be these characters anymore. And I think it's important. Some, sometimes you have to let, A magician keeps some of his tricks. Yeah, of course. Yes, he's beating everybody. Yes, he's using steroids. But he's beating everyone else who's using steroids. He wakes up every morning and he does his thing and he, I don't know, eats his 8 billion calories. And he, like, he's doing that work. Yes, he's using it in a machine-assisted sort of Android kind of way. But... He still,
0: he still, was the best of the best at it. It's the sport. It's the sport itself, and then I think that there is there is a connection with art as well, and there's all you know, like kit bashing, photo bashing. That's just. I mean, can you? Yeah, we're, the we're not going to sit here.
1: We're not going to sit here and try to act like our shitty ass culture did not try to rob Craig Mullins of, of his career. We're there not going go. yeah, We're not going like, to sit there and <laughs> pretend like that didn't happen, right? Like, it, yeah. I don't know why we have this desire to just cancel people out right now. Like, we're yeah. all human, but I, it's.
0: I don't necessarily do it personally. I don't think it. It's. I don't think it makes any sense. It's why I don't think it's right to just dismiss somebody in their entire effort um, on a one thing. And I think, sure, you go look at look at it and go, okay, it was cheating. But uh, the thing I'm trying to say is like on that situation, and you go like Michael Jackson. It's like, hold on here. Is it cheating? Did you not feel like he took you to that place? Okay, yeah, and if he, was he did, in, then shut the fuck up. <laughs> so, yeah, he was
1: in, he was inspiring, cheating, and sometimes you have to have. Oh, dude! I mean, the, you know, it's in, so in, much in terms of, of like, that. <laughs> yeah, in no. terms of like Mullins, like I've seen the guy. He painted some shit for us at 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 Microsoft, and yeah, he was you know compiling different things, but he was also a he. He was a fucking composer, man. That oh, yeah. was, we're level. looking at a legend. We're literally looking at a legend that's yeah. living in our time right now. And yeah. he's he's Beethoven of like art. He's Bach of art, basically. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know. I mean, I mean, and even I, though he was he, doing his a certain consp- thing.
0: Conspiracy about recently where he was taking other paintings or something like that. I don't know. I don't really, I heard a bunch of noise and I just, I felt like it yeah, was
1: Yeah, I like, saw that piece actually. So he, I think, um, I think he snatches stuff up and I think, maybe, especially with Google, he's an old guy; he just Googles stuff and he finds images and he puts them in there. I think what happened, I remember um there was like a painting that an artist had done of some waves, yes waves, and yeah. he photo bashed it in there, but i'm not really convinced that that i'm not going to say i didn't i don't think he knew it was a painting. I didn't see the original painting, so I don't know. But, I mean, if we're grabbing references off to add textures to stuff and, you know, one of those
0: happens to be a painting, oops. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure there's it's people there's people who are listening and it's like freaking out, but I love it. Freak oh, out. Oh, Go I'm, freak out about it. They spend all your like, energy and wind out and see where that gets you. It's going to get you nowhere. Like, <laughs> so have fun. The, point, <laughs> the only point that
1: I'm trying to – you know, like I said, I don't want to get into ethics, but the only point sure. I'm trying to illustrate here is that – Someone cheats at something, you have an entire society of people who are watching them, and then they believe the impossible is possible, yes. and then they, not knowing that what they were striving for was a lie, hmm. they go out and try to get the best that they could to attain that, yes. and then they become superhuman.
0: Yes, exactly. That's, that's perfect the perfect way. To, that's the perfect way. That's very articulate. I love it. That's perfect. The perfect way to look at it, too, because that's very much the, the, that is it. It is that. Um, and I think that is what that's what I'm saying about my Michael Jackson. Did he transform you? Did he did he get you thinking? Did he, you see his energy and were you like transfixed? Did he take you to the other place? If so, then shut the fuck up. <laughs> it's like <laughs> like and I think that's really interesting about human culture—is like, you know, grab your pitchforks. He's a liar. He's a cheater. Like and it's like it's like almost like the people that are the fastest to grab the pitchforks are the ones that are most guilty of cheating themselves that's what i always feel like i'm like hold up like uh, like why are you so up in arms about this you know it's like sure i get it lying's bad like i i totally understand and it's not a it's not a good thing and i agree at the same time is it like is it you know what is the end result and what's the end goal and are you just as clean and clear as you're saying you are? You know, I think a lot of it's just people getting hurt, you know, but hurt about stuff. And I totally understand that too. That makes sense. But for yeah. me, it's like, I'm just like that whole Lance Armstrong thing. I'm like, man, I don't like, it doesn't trip me out as much as I think it trips out other people. It's like, what do you think? You know, these are fucking professional athletes at doing some Probably the way he did was probably one of the hardest sports in all of sports. It's like, Doing the freaking Tour de France and shit, like that's the gnarliest thing you could do to your body. Like it's crazy. Like it's, yeah, like
1: people do do on themselves when they do that.
0: It's it's <laughs> like I don't know if people know that, but you yeah.
1: shit on yourself when you ride that long. Like uh, yeah. uh
0: it's gnarly. Poop sock. Yeah, yeah, like you. There's 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 so much to that sport because. They are showing what the human body is physically capable and, and possible to do, and and at that pressure and that level. And I think the reason why we segue to Lance is because it's like anybody else out there that's doing something. And I think it really is, is. It's also attached to like photo bashing and stuff. Like, sure, like there's that whole thing, you know. It's like it's a photo, and then you know, like you'd see all these people like online. Like, hey, I did a quick twenty minutes study, and you're like, well, you know, it looks cool, but like. 90 percent of that it's a photograph i guess (laughs) i don't know but then i then i sit there and go like what the fuck do i care like if you're having fun go for it if it makes me happy cool like i don't care if you sat there and pushed every pixel it doesn't matter to me anymore it doesn't
1: it doesn't you know and i i think the only way that i always i don't know i think that i i never try to i don't want to become an old guy I don't want to be one of those dudes that's like, tell me how to work this iPhone. Like, I don't want to be that guy. So I'm never going to be upset when I see like technological advances. Like one day, one thing is totally cool. I, there was a time when Photoshop itself was considered cheating. Right. Yeah, so it's yeah, like,
2: yeah.
1: I mean, anytime I see something like that happen, I just sort of remind myself that at, there was one point when we thought as human beings that if you drive over 80 miles an hour, you'll die that happened like that was in the history of cars they were like you can't make cars that go over 80 miles an hour because you'll i think they said you'll shatter the sound barrier or you'll die or something or you'll
0: uh, was, we thought some crazy shit and the earth was um, flat and all kinds of funny stuff so people are still going on about that we will not talk about i know
1: that. dude oh man <laughs> but so the point is is that i don't i really i think it's really cool the advances that we're making i'm always actually just going to make sure that I'm on a side of welcoming them. And if you want to see someone do, you know, the purest stuff, which is hardcore pencils and stuff, you can swing over to my corner of the internet. You know, I think it all needs to exist together.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's what art is. It is what art is. Art is, is that, and it's also just expression, understanding expression and how you express yourself and how you express, you know, the things that you love to do and it's it is an expression and i i don't know like yeah it's interesting i joe rogan had a good thing to go back to the negativity thing is he Somebody asked him on his podcast. Is a podcast I enjoy. I don't know if you listen to Joe's podcast. It's quite funny. Um, I have a story about Joe. <laughs> oh, yeah? Well, I, I've met him too. He's a cool dude. Me we treat, too, dude. Go yeah. ahead. Keep okay, going. that's awesome. He has massive hands too, by the way. But, dude, oh my God. Uh, massive hands. Okay, I felt like a little, like a three year old girl and shaking his hand. I was like, whoa, what's going on here? And I have, I'm 6'2. I'm, I'm not a small guy. Um, yeah. But uh, yeah, he was saying that, like, with negativity, is, you know, he. He takes, I mean, he's huge now, you know, like he'll post like a picture of like his thumb and he'll get like 40,000 likes or something on Instagram or something, you know, like some crazy and then you get like millions of comments about it. But he said with negativity is he he looks at it as like snake poison and venom, you know, like he takes little bits of it and it makes him stronger. And I thought that was a good analogy because I think you can't dismiss it at the same time. You can't take it all in, you know. Because then you're going to have right. those moments like we've had where we're just like, fuck this shit. I'm out of here. Like, I'm going to take a break from this crap, you know? And when you yeah. do that, you actually, it's it's harmful to you and your soul and yourself internally as a creative person. But you were going to say your story about Jojo. Oh, <laughs> JoJo <laughs> it Baggins? wasn't anything big. No.
1: Uh, I met him in San Francisco, actually. I used to be a bouncer at this bar called the Dirty Martini. And mm. uh, one day he came in, I guess he, it was the only day I saw him, but I guess he hung out there every now and then. this is when he was first getting into like the MMA stuff. Okay. And uh, he was so funny, dude. I I, ha- I was a bouncer, so I had to remove him from the bar because after two a.m., everybody's got to be out in San Francisco. And he was convinced that because he was, he was like, "I'm Joe Rogan, like you're gonna kick me out of the bar, man. I'm Joe Rogan." And my boss was just like, "Marco, do do your job." I, I feel like they were like trolling me at for a little bit because they're like, "Go go kick him out!" and uh, I don't want to kick him out. Yeah, that's <laughs> it's Just super funny, dude. It's it's super funny. Yeah, yeah he's probably he's always. With you. <laughs> oh yeah he was forever the comedian though man it's a good dude good
0: yeah dude. he's yeah he's he's interesting he's an interesting guy in culture now too like how how much he's risen but at the same time the voice that he has is quite unique and it's it's like yeah it's really interesting to see the comedian the rise of comedians and stuff and it's just interesting to see the rise of people in general you know there's right. so much noise i just consider it noise like not, not in a bad term it's just it is noise it's just you know you get you know there's just a lot of noise out there and we're where you put your focus of like what you're listening to, I think really defines your outcome of your happiness <laughs> throughout the day, because you could be transfixed on like, you know, what's going on with say like the president of the United States right now, which is, well, it will consume you and destroy you <laughs> all at once. If you, if it, if you let it, but then if you kind of, you know, think about something else or you get into something else, it might be more distracting and align with yourself. You know, I often think of like um, there's some, Indigenous person say like in the Congo right now that doesn't even know about all this noise doesn't care about Facebook likes or doesn't care about this or that or the Craig Mullins wave thing or any of that stuff any of that noise you know. I don't, I'm wondering what there goes through their head and what, whether they're happier or what is happiness, you know? So the, I, I, I spend a lot of time alone as well in my head. So I think we share the same kind of like running around like a dribble in our head. So yeah, <laughs> yeah it's like a never ending cycle of like thoughts and, in consideration of what, you know, what is happiness and what keeps people creative and how do you stay creative and, and creatively, sound what's next for you because we talked a little bit about what's happening in the film thing and then the, the the spur of success from that and then the the downfall of the book and all that kind of stuff and being mislabeled <laughs> what 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 do you have on your horizon you're a hustler like me you I know you got some plans we talked a little yeah about comics. so I mean I have a, I have
1: a couple of uh, freelance gigs I'm working on right now so I'm I know that there's something um I think for the first time, like I said, I've just been decompressing from like the last 12 years of a blur. So, what's next, next, next? I'm not entirely sure. I know that I, I still want to keep making, you know, freelance. I still want or still want to make uh, concepts and stuff. I'm looking to shift over like full time into the movie industry. Hmm. Maybe, you know, see what happens there. Uh, but the, in terms of what's next, it's interesting, man. Like, I have a different perspective on it than I think that you have in that.
0: I you have wife and kids, right? Yes. I I have um, just one daughter. So,
1: okay, wife and daughter. So I don't have those things. And that's that's kind of what's interesting is like the question of what's next for me is so much more nebulous. Like, I'm not sure. Mm -hmm. I'm not sure. I'm I'm not sure. I know that I'm going to keep making art. I know I'm going to keep working. But in terms of like you know, for you, it's like okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna make art. I'm gonna do this. I'm gonna you know do this film stuff. I got to put food on the table. Got to feed you know. Make sure my daughter's gonna have a way to go through college. I don't have those things yet. Yeah. So sometimes I I, yeah,
0: (laughs) grass is (laughs) greener. The grass is always always greener. greener, Yes. Yeah, man. um, Like my family has made me who I am. So like yeah,
1: it's kind of like uh, it's it's almost scary in a way. Like. I, I was talking to this person the other day, and we were sharing our fear of open water. Mm. Like to me, going to the beach and seeing the ocean right in front of you can be really scary sometimes. Like there's nothing out there. Like it's it's the great abyss. Like if you if you look out over the horizon of like a, a real beach, like where there's nothing back there, if you walk in that direction, like. You walk until you get tired, and 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 you die. Like you, that's, that's just you see it. There's just death out there, right? I'm, and I don't mean that to like sound morbid. No, I'm just saying. Yeah, I guess what I'm saying is I'm standing at the the sort of this 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 um, edge of this this great ocean, and not really knowing what's next. I, I don't really know. That's such a hard question, like the mm-hmm. what's next, mm-hmm. because there's literally an endless sea of possibility of what I could be doing next. Yes. So.
0: In isn't that, that isn't that great? I love it. <laughs> <laughs> it's I guess
1: my point is it's great, but it's really scary. So yes. I don't know exactly what's next yet. I I do know that I'm practicing every day. Um, you know, doing what I love, and I'm still you know I'm I'm still working. I'm still relevant. That's great. You know, I'm just saying I don't know what the next big thing is. I seem to have gotten lucky in my career in that the first gig that I got. Or the first school or the second school that I got was like the massive black school. They only accepted 10 students from around the world. And like, that was huge. And then the first gig I worked at was Microsoft Studios making like a Halo property for my first gig, hmm. huge. And then the next thing was like Mortal Kombat, huge. And like all these things keep happening. And then like Black Panther, huge, right? Yeah. So I don't know what's next. I, I just know that, I think I'll know it when I see it and I, I know it's going to be big. Um, I know Jesus. it is. <laughs> Damn it. I, I know. Well, it. It, there's Damn. never a situation where that doesn't work. Um, yeah. or he said, but no, that. I guess, I guess to ask the question of no, what's next is, is, is your guess is as good as mine, man. But mm. you know, I'm, I'm going to welcome it when it gets here and I'm going to try to knock it out the fucking park. That's mm. that, that's where I'm at.
0: That's where I'm at on this. I like, that. <laughs> I like that, man. I like that approach too. And I think that's the best way to look at it because, Yeah, I think, you know, the future I think there's one career in this world is really um, we are so lucky and fortunate to manifest what we want. If you're in a shitty situation and you hate your career and you're an artist, honestly, try to be a dick. Most likely it's your fault because you haven't been (laughs) been able to manifest uh, a better reality for yourself. And there's really nobody else to blame. Usually other than yourself. I could be wrong. I don't know everybody's situation. There's always an excuse as to why. But I, I think most of the time it's it's, it's gonna be that. Um, but I think you also can manifest whatever you want. I live from home. I work from home. I run my own business from home. I work with my wife. I do what I want. I set the schedules I want. I work with the clients that I want. How do you think I got here? And not trying to show off or be anything like that. I'm just saying like, how do you think it's possible? It's only possible because I sat there and was fucking stubborn as shit. And didn't want to work at a studio because I I don't necessarily flow really, really great at a studio. And it's heartbreaking because I I love working with people. But I just, I like being able to wake up. As you know, I went to sleep at like 6 in the morning. (laughs) And I got up at 12 or, no, I got up at 11.30. So, and I got up when you were going to sleep. So it's like, you know, I couldn't go to a nine to five. I just couldn't flow. That's just how I work. But what I'm getting at is, is it's a decision and you've, you have to make that as you go and as you flow through those decisions, you, you met, he managed to make that happen, you know, and that's just a part of it. So. Yeah,
1: it's like the ultimate. It's it's literally like the ultimate chess game, man. Like someone asked me,
0: you know, because I'm a big guy. Everyone
1: always asks me, "Did you play football?" And I'm like, "No, actually, I prefer sports that it's me versus myself." Mm. Uh, So the first sport I did was gymnastics, and then I did uh, violin, which you know that's an orchestra, but it's me. It's up to me to play that violin that way, right? And you know, I did dance. Like I'm always in constant competition with myself, so that's kind of what's happening right right now. And I think this is the biggest most high stake game of like me versus i'm literally on a team by myself well i mean i'm with the team with other people but like sure. i'm on a team by myself like making this stuff and i think that's i couldn't i wouldn't have it any other way
0: hmm. i like that yeah same samesies samesies, samesies. yeah, yeah. Dude, this has been amazing this is a great part too we're gonna have to do another one of these go off and and we Dude, you know, about a couple I'll, I'll, too, so. I'll hang out whenever you want, man. <laughs> I appreciate it. No, this is really cool. I think what would be a lot of fun, too, is I I haven't done it for a while. I used to do a lot of live streams, um, and I haven't done it for a while. But it would be fun, maybe one of these nights, just crack open a live stream and then just hang out and draw and talk shit and stuff. Sometimes that's fun. Um, I don't know. I Sometimes I like to just draw in solitude. and I'm sure you're probably the same way, but that might be kind of fun is just draw and hang out. We had a couple ideas, too, about possible um ideas of just making something interesting and entertaining and educational for people too, outside of the means of just this podcast alone something with with feet and that's something i've been thinking about and possibly putting together too so that could be also a fun uh, endeavor to get into and just talking about and and evolving the form of art too so yeah now i'm looking forward to it yeah, when you figure it out, man, you hit me up, I'll be here. Yes, sir. You know it. I'll be sending you food pictures, so.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Yo, you know what? Just before, before you take off, like, yes. it's so funny. You, I, you messaged me earlier today about uh, about that cooking show, and I'm actually on a 24-hour fast right now. I'm on hour 27 of a 24-hour fast, oh. and I popped over the cooking show.
0: <laughs> oh, that's, why you <laughs> do that? Why worst? did you do
1: that? <laughs> I was just like, no, why did
0: I do this? Yeah, I did Dude. do that. Dude, well, you're Luckily, fasting you're, you to do something else man you're i just, know man you're, like, well, you're glutton for punishment that's great i know
1: <laughs> well your podcast like it literally pushed me through the last two hours so oh okay that's yeah good. i'm gonna go gorge food now oh
0: okay what do you gonna I feel eat? good
1: though cool. uh i think i'm gonna go i'm gonna go down to uh this place in san francisco uh, <laughs> called tom collins okay they have this it's really cool it's this bar that's like around this corner but it's a really really not upscale but at the same time upscale but it's like not it's a hipster bar and at the, on the top floor they have a really small room where they serve sushi and oh, sushi there is amazing so i'm gonna go order everything on the menu
0: <laughs> and that concludes this week's episode big thank yous to marco for coming on the show and sharing his time with us this week this has been one of my personal favorite episodes and i hope you re- you all really enjoyed it and it got you some thinking about you know all these different concepts and ideas that have been thrown around And just food for thought, basically. So um, thank you for sitting through it. And big thank you again also to Marco for coming on the show and sharing sharing his time with us. You can find links to the show notes for this week's episode at com slash 174 along with links to our Facebook, Twitter, and iTunes podcast page. Have an amazing day, everybody. Go out there, be powerful, be prolific as usual, and peace out, everyone.